Hey guys, welcome to Baking Broadcast, episode number 399. I'm Chris. I'm confused. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways normally. Yeah, normally we first start off with the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to in the week coming up in 2020. And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, which this week we're recording just a couple days after we recorded episode number 398. And this is going to be the second part of our 2019 Let's Get Ready to Read look back at the past year, as well as our 2020 look forward. We do these every year, so it's just another time to sit back and ruminate about the stuff that we enjoyed over the past year, and then stuff that's getting us, you know, jazzed up for the for the new year, because it's the new year, guys. Yeah. It is the new year. Happy New Year, Happy guys. Happy New Year's. I think, we, I think we said all this last episode. I don't even remember now. A couple days ago, like I said. Yeah, a couple days ago, and we were drinking. Oh, yeah. Boy, up there. And we're going to continue that trend into the new year. So, uh, John, what are you drinking? Because I could not tell when you were trying to show me. Uh, I am drinking from Other Half Brewery. Their high-density, hop-charged Imperial IPA known as Citra Plus Mosaic. And this is an 8.5% IPA. Uh, incredibly juicy, uh, incredibly smooth, and goes down like water for being eight and a half percent. No bite to it. Extremely smooth. Uh, light doesn't pass through this uh, deep, deep uh, orange color, and uh, it's pretty delicious. Wow! Wow! Oh, also a Christmas present from my brother-in-law. Hey. The big RZ. I've been saving it for the podcast. Uh, what I I drink a little bit with dinner, and now I'm home because I worked hard this weekend. So you know, I felt like I deserved it. So uh, with dinner, I had to start off a from Thin Man their Glowworm, which is a uh, Berliner white sour. Um, couldn't didn't know what kind of fruit that was mixed in there. Uh, didn't say on the menu. Didn't really you know it would just tasted. Maybe a little old. I didn't get much fruit on it. It just tasted like a, you know, just that sour kind of sour flavor throughout it. It was good. It's definitely not my favorite of uh, the sours. That still goes to 42 North. Halt who goes there. Because one, it's a great pun. And two, a really delectable, nice balance between the fruit and the, uh, the sour. Uh, in February, Berry Vision will be the... Uh, new uh, big ditch seasonal for spring and summer, mm. and then um, for fall and winter they're going to have. Um, that's when make me want to stout is going to be out. So mm-hmm. it's a uh, another really nice berry sour, Paul. That mm. you'll be able to get at uh, any beer shop. That sounds great, and it's local. Which from yeah. last year, beers, uh, New Year's resolutions was uh, my whole thing was drink more local. Stop chasing yeah. and just find what you enjoy locally and drink that. Chris, yes. what are you drinking? Uh, I am not drinking something local. I'm actually drinking a beer from Kansas City, Missouri, and this is also coming from Boulevard Brewing. I had one of their other limited release beers last episode, and I enjoyed that one. So I'm continuing the trend uh, with their new Brandyland. And this is a spiced imperial stout that's been aged in apple brandy barrels. 
Uh, it's it's really good. It's just kind of a uh, was it Big Black Voodoo Daddy? The yep. The Voodoo Brewing one. Mm, uh, yeah. it, it's a lighter version of that. Like it's still really good. I get that like really nice raisin sweetness up front, and then you get kind of like that apple cider, like like nice warmth on the back end. Um, it's good. I really enjoyed. it. I think the four pack for this was uh, thirteen ninety nine. It wasn't very expensive. It was actually pretty cheap. I think bad at all. Um, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. I had one last night after I got home from work. Uh, just to try it out while I was kind of unwinding for my day. Um, yeah, I'm easily going to drink the other two that I have sitting on the side. No problem. I'm, I'm digging these. Uh, if I see any of the other or any other kind of limited release from uh, Boulevard in this line, I'm, I'm going to pick them up. I'm not let down by the either ones I've had, the Plaid Habit or Brandy. Nice. They're good. Yeah. I, I've always I've enjoyed almost everything from Boulevard that I've had, you know, and the stuff that I haven't liked, I've appreciated it. It's just a style that is not my favorite, so no, you know, nothing wrong. With I that. didn't love it, but still thought it was a extremely well made beer. And I have to say, their Tank Seven, which is their saison, oh, that's just a go to. Yeah, that's a. It's. I mean, I think it's better than Hennypin, oh. uh, which is my first and favorite saison. But I think it's one of the best saisons made in America. I mean, it's so good Duval bought them and Oma Gang, so they know what they're doing when it comes to Belgians. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that sounds satisfying. And you know what else is satisfying? Not needing to talk about this week's news because we recorded just a couple days ago. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Like uh, Chris kind of said in the starter, this is uh, a second part. So let's get right back into our... Wait, no dramatic reading either, guys? Oh, uh, what I read, right? Yes. Maybe I'll uh, I'll look through and I'll pick one for you to read, Paul. Later on? Like in between yeah. the uh, look in, back in and between look forward? The, yeah, sounds yeah. good to me. Okay, cool, cool. So we have video games to talk about, or do we talk about video uh, games? We didn't... We- you and I talked about video games while we were waiting for Paul to get his technical woes figured out, so... Uh, we talked about comics and TV last time, so we'll be continuing with movies and video games on this part. Okay. <clears throat> um, so we, do we want to do video games? Yeah. I, I actually I played some games. I can actually talk about games this year. Yeah. Um, well, then why don't you start uh, with uh, your number three, if you have three, Chris? Um, I do, and my number three is going to be a game that's actually been out for a couple years now, but I finally actually just started playing it, and I really dug it, really got into it. And this is uh, Blizzard Games Overwatch, their kind of action arcade first-person shooter. It came out a while ago. I've never been a big shooter person. So as much as I love everything else from Blizzard, I was like, well, I'm not going to be good at this. I'm not going to put $60 down to play a game online with people that I'm going to suck at. Uh, But over the Thanksgiving weekend, they actually had it available to download and play for free. So I was like, all right, well, you know what? I'll check this out. And I actually wound up really enjoying it, and I surprisingly wasn't complete trash at it. So I downloaded it because it was only $30. I figured that's not not too much. Uh, and I haven't been playing it too much. I've been playing some other stuff more. But I, I really dug it. I can see how this game caught on. Uh, it's fun to watch. It's fun to play. I'm 
I'm there for it. I will probably be getting Overwatch 2 whenever that launches. Yeah, I'm more interested in Overwatch 2 because it, supposedly there's a story element in that one, right? Yeah, there's going to be uh, like PvE stuff to it. Like you'll still have all yeah. the other PvP or like like team modes, but this is also going to have more story based like solo content where you'll have like a team of like characters that you'll be going in with and you control like one of them. The design aesthetic of all the character models and everything, like when we first saw that opening the trailer for it, originally the Overwatch trailer, I think I came away being like, wow, it's Blizzard doing Pixar. It's yeah. like, you know, especially with Winston the Giant Gorilla, it's a squad, like everybody plays a different type of character, so it's reminiscent. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very much like any kind of RPG where you have your team, you'll have your DPS, you'll have your tanks, and then you'll have a healer. It reminded me of uh, the old uh, Half-Life uh, mod, the Capture the Flag. What was that called? Team Fortress? Uh, where you could... Team Fortress, yeah. that's it. Yeah, the Team Fortress, uh, where everybody can play different roles. Um, so who, what kind of role have you been uh, really enjoying in Overwatch, uh, Chris? Well, much like I play World of Warcraft, I don't want the stress of actually being someone that's important, like a tank or healer. So I always just stick to DPS and I follow that suit with Overwatch. But there's plenty of different characters to pick from. So even if you're doing a damage-based character, you still have, I think, like 10 different characters to choose from. And each one has their own skills and strengths and abilities that play different from each other, even just depending on the maps you're on. Back when I was a kid, and I used to play Team Fortress, I used to like being the spy quite a bit. See, I never played Team Fortress. And I've never played Overwatch. So uh, I'm probably it's... drawing false equivalencies. False equivalencies. I can't say it. But you know what I'm trying to <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah, equivalencies. False equivalencies. Thank you. You did it. Proud of you. Yeah, took me three times. I think, I think it owes a decent amount to uh, Team Fortress. It, just from, like, aestheticness. Aesthetics? Yeah, aesthetic. Not just aestheticness. Yeah. But it's great. I like it. John? Uh, my number three is going to be uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Ooh, you've been playing? Uh, I've been playing. Um, it probably would be higher on this list, but uh, I'm maybe... I'm not... I'd probably I'm not even a quarter of the way into the game. Um, but so far, I've really enjoyed it. I think everything's pretty smooth. It's just getting used to all of um, the buttons, getting good at blocking, getting good at dodging. Um, the one thing that's been driving me a little nuts is like when you jump, you always have to hit a button to hold on to something to climb instead of just like it naturally doing that. Um, but uh, it feels it feels nice. It's a fun game so far. Um, I don't have any complaints. I have heard like once you finish like once you finish a level. You then have to like completely walk and backtrack and go all the way back to the beginning, which just seems like you're kind of grinding out that character a little bit. Um, but that's the only thing I've heard is like a, one of the big complaints about the game. Um, but so far, I've I've really enjoyed it. It's um, no, it's a good game. I've only played a very little of it. I'm like in after that first like initial like you're going through spoilers for the escape. Escape, escape the train. Scrap. Yeah, the scrapyard. 
and then you show up to that temple area and you need to get inside the temple. Like, I'm still not inside the temple. I've been just walking around being like, oh, I wonder if I can get up there. And, you know, falling and then trying something. Yeah, there's a lot to explore. There's a lot to explore in that area, and then like when you explore, you're actually you actually are finding the next things that you need to do. So it makes it feel like it's your choice to explore, but you need to explore to be able to get to any other parts of the game. Mm, so it's a of, Metroid, of that level. So it feels a little Metroidvania, Metroidvania kind of like. No, because like once you get to like you, oh, I can't go this way. Can't go this way. Do have to go this way. And then when you go that way, then you get unlock an ability that now allows you to go where you couldn't go before. Hmm. So to answer, like, so, to, like so, in Metroid, so to say, yeah, Paul, yes, yes, yeah. So, uh, so uh, have yeah. you uh, switched out your lightsaber color or anything like that, John? I do. I went from having a blue one to a green one, and um, I've I've changed some of the pieces. I've collected a whole bunch of pieces, but I haven't been able to get to a spot to change anything else with it. Yeah, I got to that part, and I'm like, cool, now my lightsaber's orange. See, I really want to oh, you play got, it. I just haven't I had pre-ordered. You got an orange one. Oh, you pre-ordered the orange? Like, yeah, I pre-ordered it so long ago that I kind of forgot about it, and then they sent me an email saying, hey, it's now available. And I'm like, all right. But I, you know, I had just, like, it took... I was kind of like not in ready to. I'm going to say that Star Wars uh, Fallen Order is also my number three, but it's also going to be on my look forward because I'm not anywhere. You know, I really started playing in 2000. It's it's January 12th. I really pl- started playing after the new year, after I saw uh, Rise of Skywalker, um, because I was just so like not in any kind of Star Wars mindset when it actually got released. It was like right in the middle, right uh, right in the beginning of December, I think, or right after Thanksgiving. And I was just, you know, just too busy with uh, with everything else. So um, I, I haven't gotten nearly as far into it as I think I should. And every time I start playing it, I'm like, man, I never got through Battlefront 2 either. And I really want to play... Now, after seeing spoilers, Rise of Skywalker, I really want to play through Battlefront 2 storyline, so. Does it tie in? I can't. Hmm? Does it tie into it? Like, I'm just trying to see why would... Yes. Hmm. Uh, spoilers for both Battlefront 2 and Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Battlefront 2 actually has a whole storyline of um, the Emperor doing his whole resurrection thing. Project Cinder, and uh, how how that happened. Like apparently, it's a main storyline in Battlefront Two. Oops, that's all I'm trying to tell So, so that's that's kind of like why I want to play it, just because I want to make more sense of uh, Palpatine being back. Palpy. Uh, so who's, who wants to go number two next? Well, do you want to do your number two since you kind of piggybacked for uh, your number three? Yeah, my number two is going to be a board game. And uh, it's going to be Gloomhaven. <laughs> the game that I played most frequently, I think, and uh, the most of other than World of Warcraft, which maybe Chris will talk about. And if not, then, you know, that'll be my number one again. Yeah, you uh, can, you'll, you'll probably be able to pick that one. Or, or maybe I'll talk about my, one of my, my new favorite uh, board game ever, uh, or one of one one of my. Uh, 
Yeah, Gloomhaven. It's a. It's. You can play it as a video game now. It's on Steam Early Access, but Ooh. it was a board game designed and by just one person. Uh, Slothful Player Games is the publisher, and uh, Jason Isaacs. Yeah, Jason Isaacs. Jason, I think so. Isaacs is the uh, designer and creator of Gloomhaven. I'm not sure who we got to do the art, but it's a uh, basically kind of like if you took Diablo and made it into a board game. It's a dungeon crawl board, what they refer to as a dungeon co- uh, crawl board game. It's a uh, completely co- uh, cooperative, um, and unlike some other dungeon diving board games, you don't need somebody to actually run the board and the dungeon for you. You don't need a dungeon master. Uh, the scenarios are all set up in a in a big scenario book, and they tell you exactly how the monsters are set up and exactly what the monsters are going to do through the use of cards. Uh, it's a if you enjoy D&D or role-playing games just for the uh, encounters and, like, moving your little uh, your dude on the map around and, like, beating up other dudes on the map, uh, then Gloomhaven is the game for you. It, it streamlines that whole process of uh, it takes away uh, needing to have a bunch of different rule books. You just have a, your character with a deck of cards, and the cards are your abilities. Um I think it's a really nice implementation of like that kind of D and D role-playing encounters, uh, combat encounters, uh, kind of streamlined and boiled down. Uh, and I, I have a lot of fun playing it with uh, one of my best friends, John, hey. uh, his wife, and uh, also another friend, a friend, friend of the show, super friend. Max, he's been on the show. Well, thank you. I don't think he's ever brought us. He hasn't brought us beer on the show, but okay. he has brought us good beer uh, while we play Gloomhaven. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, you know what? Exactly. And it's preparing the show. Let's, let's, and um, he's uh, our, the game. We've been playing it for almost two years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there's still like uh, we're we're not maybe halfway. half. We're not. We're, yeah. I don't think we're halfway. Um. But I will say this: I really miss was uh, over. He was a little broken, um, but man, I could really clean a room. Well, yeah, I miss him. Craig Hart. Yeah, I miss him. I have not found a character. I, I'm finally got a character that I like that can actually do stuff. Like I've been playing the like the one character that's like. Oh, he's supposed to play the tank, and like nobody's really taking damage anyways, so you don't really need a tank. And I also tried to play like a support role healer, and like nobody's nobody needed that kind of support, so it's like okay. I definitely felt like the third person, uh, the fourth person on a three-person team, uh, but now I, I'm playing a, a, a damage dealer, yeah. and it's kind of fun. Look, that Doom Tracker. Yeah, it's um. That's a cool character. I think everybody, like, I think everybody's kind of found what their next character, what they like. Um, like, I'm not even like I have a card. I'm not even working towards who to unlock next because I don't, I don't really care. And if I'm going to change my character again, I'll probably go back to a Craighart. Um, but no, it's a it's. I mean, we mm-hmm. we play it once to twice a month for a year and a half, almost two years. You know, it's a good it's a good game. 
<laughs> and available for the first time on Steam Early Access in 2019. Let's get ready to read. So that's why I think I can bring it up in the video game section in the in the 2019 Let's Get Ready to Read segment. I mean, that, uh, that, and that my logic number two is actually going to be God of War. Uh, came out in 2018, but I didn't play it till 2019. And um, I've never been a God of War fan, uh, but this game is just uh, beautiful and amazing, and the storyline's great, and you have moments, because it's um, Kronos, the, the God of War, um, in North mythology with a son, and you have these moments where with the st- you get really tied up in the story, and you're like, just tell him, Kronos, tell your son you love him. He doesn't know. And you really get uh, into the story between this father and son. Um, just really, really great between those two. And then uh, the fighting with his magic axe that he can throw, and then it comes back to him like, Mjörn, Mjörn, blah, blah. Um, it was uh, absolutely a fantastic game. And then, like, once you beat it, you can still just, there's so much to do and side stories and side missions and uh, going and finding all the Valkyries and defeating them to then fight the Mega Valkyrie. It's uh, it's just an amazing, amazing game. Um, and I think it is not like the other games because I've tried playing those and those are just kind of the button masher fighting ones where these you actually have to use... Um, a little bit of skill, a little bit of I need to move over here, I need to tell my son to shoot these magic arrows, I need to find this to do this. Um, a lot better than I, the other God of War games that I've played. It sounds like you're good at this new one, and you suck at the other ones. <laughs> I've only ever played, I think it was like the first one on PlayStation 2, when it came out on. It wasn't a bad game, but I just I didn't have any like affinity for the series. But it, the the thing about the other ones is I got bored with them because it's like strong hit, strong hit, you know, side hits, you know, like doing the heavy hits and the the light hits to do this, this, and this. Like it wasn't um, it wasn't like I don't know. It's just a button mashing game. Where this one, it feels like you had to have a little bit of skill. You had to use your head to think out how to do these battles. And, um, no, I liked it. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, my number two. So I'm just looking at my list right now. I'm just trying to think where to put it. Um, my number two, I think maybe your number one, John. I imagine. Uh, I'm going to go with Borderlands 3. Yeah. Okay. Um, nothing against the game, but my number one is going to be the game that I've played the most over the past year. Uh, I'm a big Borderlands oh. fan. Yeah. Paul knows. <laughs> um, Paul, Chris, we both are. We're both big Borderlands fans. It's it's such a great game. I've been excited for 3 coming out for years. And <clears throat> sitting down and playing it, it it feels right. Like they've kept that core Borderlands gameplay, but they've made just minor tweaks and adjustments to how everything plays and feels. And it just sings like it just plays so well. I got through the main story and 
most of the side content. Um, I did the Halloween event that came out back in October, but I haven't sat down to play the new expansion yet, the Moxie's Jackpot or whatever it's called. Um, I really want to do that. I just need to have the time to sit down, download it, and then just kind of lose an afternoon in it. And I'm sure once I do that, it's just going to drag me back into that game and I'm going to go back to losing hours at it. Um, but man, it's just, it's satisfying. It just feels good. Yeah. It feels like going home again. And, um, no, it's the world's great. The story's great. The fact that you can planet hop and there's so much to do on each planet. Um, it's all, it's all great. And, you know, each planet has their unique, um, creatures that live on it and it brings in old favorite characters and um the one thing i like i said to chris when we talked about it was like two was like probably the best version of the borderland games because the villain handsome jack was just somebody you loved to listen to talk to you and the things that he would say was just great and when two was coming when we were playing two we would just talk about how great just the background noise of what Jack had to say was this one, the, the humor is there, but it's, you're not getting it from those villains. You're not getting it from anyone else. You know, there's minor things here or there. I did really like the, um, the radio announcer for the villain is, uh, Penn Jillette. And then you basically, you basically fight a Penn and Teller, uh, robot thing, uh, on one boss level. Um, yeah, like the humor is still there. Like it's still kind of big and over the top, but I think they dialed back on like the stupid jokes just enough to have the story have some sort of like weight and meaning to it. Because I mean, in the space of the borderlands canon, like some big things happen in this game. Oh yeah, absolutely. Can I, oh. can I, can I ask about the pen and teller character? Yeah. Did they get off of a bus? No. No, okay. I thought that would have been good. No, okay, you just get mind. to you get to their their level, their Oh, you know what? They are on a big they are on a big like um a big um moving vehicle thing that you have to get on to fight them. Okay, that makes <sighs> Kinda sense. Kind of like a bus. In the desert? In the desert, yeah. It is in the desert, yeah. It's a desert bus? Desert bus. That's pretty awesome. I'm liking it. Yeah, I uh, I dug it. No, I dug it a lot too. And in, I, out of God of War, uh, it's the only other game that I've I beat this year. And God of War was in the beginning of the year, and I just beat. Uh, I think last week I just finished Borderlands. So that's kind of why it's my number one. I think when I was talking about God of War, I probably would have made it my number one, but number one and number two there. They, they can be interchangeable. I think the only thing that really kept this from being my number one is the fact that I was playing it on PC and not on console. Like, I've played all the other Borderlands games, like 1, 2, and then the Tales from the Borderlands Telltale spinoff. Um, and the, I just can't sit at my computer for that long. And the prequel. Or, oh, yeah, the pre-sequel. I forgot about that one. Holy crap. Um, Borderlands, like, it requires my attention. When I'm playing games on my computer, I like having the ability to get up and walk away for a bit. Like I can go into like the other room, like 
watch YouTube on my phone and I can come back to it. That's usually how I wound up playing stuff. Um, but once I get into Borderlands, like I, I want to sit there. I want to play it all day, and I just it's hard to do that at my uh, at my PC. I can understand that. There's definitely a different uh, lean, baggy, different uh, um, position—not eh, position, but, but attitude when it comes. Well, even to even PC. position, because like when I'm playing stuff on my Xbox, like you know, I can I can recline, I can like shift my weight, I can lay down if I want. When I'm at my PC, I'm just I'm sitting in my desk chair and I might yeah, be able to like forward. yeah, I might be able to sit cross-legged and then I can like move my legs out. Maybe I can put them up on my bookcase that's next to it at one point, like my feet are falling asleep or something, but it's just, it's not the most comfortable situation when you want to get lost in the game. Yeah. So you get up, stretch, get up, in a bend. Stretch, in a bend. Dip my toe to jacuzzi, baby. Right, so, uh, Read the butcher yeah, so like Windsor. One, Chris. Ho, 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 what's this? <laughs> Chris, let me, uh, let me guess your number one. I'm sure you'll... Is it uh, also a game that wasn't a video game up until this year? Uh, but was always seen uh, on the uh, regular tabletop. Yeah, exactly. Um, Paul, this is a game that you and I have played quite a bit. Um, yes. I've always had a lot of fun, but this is Magic the Gathering Arena. Um, it's the most faithful electronic video game adaptation of Magic the Gathering I've ever played. Um, I've heard some good things about Magic the Gathering online, but that actually involves like a monetary sink to it. What I really like about Arena is it's free to download. It's free to play. Like They give you decks to start off with in each of the colors or color combinations. And then from there, you can play and earn gold. You unlock cards. You can buy packs with the uh, gold that you win. It's completely viable to go into this game free to play if you want. Hmm. Um, and that's how I played for the first couple months of it. And then I finally started being like, oh, I, I kind of want to buy buy cards. And then they started doing like the uh, monthly passes that they have where it's like $20, but you get extra rewards when you get your daily wins and all that. And for me, it's like, okay, well, you know what? I'm just not going to buy my morning coffee at the gas station anymore. And that's going to pay for my mastery pass for the entire month. And I feel like I've actually gotten my money's worth out of the money that I've sank into this free-to-play game, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And it's actually gotten me back into wanting to play Magic. Uh, when I was back up in Buffalo a couple months ago, like I I brought my Magic cards. We had a Magic night with super friend of the show, uh, Craig. Like, we sat down and we, we played a bunch of Magic. We did a draft. And I think a lot of that is just because I got that itch and I got a scratch and now that I've started playing this game again. Pro tip for people out there, if you're going to do a magic uh, magic night and you're going to do a draft night, don't do it with a core set. Do it with a, do it with a, uh, one of the story sets, you know, uh, expansions, because those cards, I think, have a lot more cool interplay, like, built in. Uh, there's, what, what do you call those sets, Chris? Like, oh, like, expan- like, well, I mean, they're, they're all kind of expansions, but... They're they're basically just not the core sets. They're the yeah, yeah. Don't do it with the core set. The core set's too just broad base and wide open. Like you can't. I don't feel like the draft really holds up with those cards. 
because you never feel like you're really drafting towards anything because everything's just kind of uh, kind well, of I meant to play with everything or anything. Well, we were they're, playing with kind of meant to be core filled. 19, and I think core 20 that came out a couple months ago actually has a little bit more of that synergy between the cards. Because um, mm. I, I bought a bunch of boxes of that. Like, I, I dig that set know? a lot. Yeah, but I, don't do, don't but again, that's, but again, that's the thing. Like, you know, it's a collectible card game. Every couple months, they have a new set comes out. Some of those cards might catch you. Some might not. Um, the new set's coming out this month, and there's some cards in it that I'm intrigued by. But as a whole, I'm just I don't think the Rose Beyond is going to be grabbing me. But who knows? Once I start playing some of those cards in Arena and start seeing how they work and synergized with some of the other cards I have that might make me be like, oh, holy crap, this set's great. Let me let me get some of these. I think I lost everybody. I can hear you. I'm here. Oh, I think Chris dropped for a second. Oh, did I? Oh, okay. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I might have dropped for a second. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Magic the Gathering Gauntlet. Uh, Arena definitely uh, reinvitalized my uh, wanting to play Magic the Gathering. Uh, this the newest set that came out for it. The uh, I know you you liked it, Chris, because it's uh, Fables and Magic. Yeah, uh, Throne of Eldraine. Throne of. I, it just uh, there were some cool combinations, uh, but man, War is Spark. I, I really like that set for whatever reason. All the Planeswalkers and just building decks around Planeswalkers. For uh, for whatever reason, hooked me. So I fell out recently. Like I can't. I don't remember the last time I logged into it. I have been doing a lot of rep grinding and wow, World World of Warcraft, trying to get ready for to uh for this next uh, patch release, which happens in two days. Yep. Uh, you know, because I really want my mecha gnomes. I you know, I just want to get them on un- un- unlocked. Uh. So yeah, but probably like the video game that I know I've played the most this year is definitely World of Warcraft. Uh, I feel like we talk about it on the show a lot, and so I don't think I need to go over it too much. I know a lot of there's been a lot of fan criticism for uh, about Battle for Azeroth, but I actually really enjoyed it. No, and that's uh, the only thing that kept it off of my list for this is like we we only picked three games. Uh, this would probably have been my number four. Like I wrote it down on the list of stuff that I was considering talking about. Um, I loved the expansion when it launched. I loved like the new zones that we got to go to. What really knocked it down for me, though, was once we had to go to Nashatar, which I had no issues with going there. I was like, oh, this sounds awesome. Like It's a place ingrained in Warcraft lore and history. Like, Yeah, get me in there. I want to fight some you know, evil Naga Murpho people. Once I actually got in there, though, I just didn't like that zone, and yeah. it kind of it kind of took me out of it because anytime I tried to do anything in that zone to you know start earning the rep to get through to those like factions to unlock fly and your new allied races, I just didn't like being in there and just felt so much like a chore. And I've never had that in World of Warcraft before. Like even when they launched Battle for Azeroth. I had no problem with earning my rep for all those factions and um, like little clicks that you need to, you know, gain rep with to progress through stuff. Even in Legion, the previous expansion, I never hit any wall in that 
in that expansion. Like I just kept going and loved it. Um, but man, Nashitar broke me. I just, and I just got to get through it. I know that, but the new patch that's coming out, 8.3 looks great. It's going to be full of old gaudy goodness. So, you know, maybe that'll, maybe that'll entice me back in. Uh, if I was going to pick World of Warcraft, I'd pick another video game. And that video game, or uh, board game, I would pick uh, Viticulture, which is an old uh, Stegmeier game. Uh, but I got to play it quite a bit this year. I started going to a board game meetup. The group there has been pretty darn great. Like, um, Though I haven't been since the summer, so it's been like five, four months, five months since I've been to that board game meetup group. But I had a lot of fun uh, playing some really cool strategy games with them, including... Uh, Viticulture, which is just a board game about uh, taking over, inheriting a vineyard, and trying to uh, start producing wine and becoming uh, known as a great wine producer. Uh, it's a worker placement game uh, for people that understand that term. Awesome. If not, then you know I don't. You would have to play it in order to kind of get a feel for it. I don't want to sound like I'm talking down to anybody but you know it's i think it's a really fun game i did get to introduce it to john and his wife caitlin um we loved I it i think they hit liked it yeah we loved Good. it it's uh, uh it's, it's one of those worker placement games yeah um it's probably one of those ones that i always go like oh we should buy this and then she's always like well paul has it and i'm like yeah but you know sometimes we play games without paul just the two of us and this is something we could play and then there's also these games get a little too, a little too competitive between us, and sometimes we get a little. There gets to be a little friction, because I just mm-hmm. want to play a game and have fun, and Caitlin always wants to win, and um, sometimes, sometimes we need a third person there, and then it makes it, it keeps it fun. Uh, <laughs> keeps it, yeah. keeps it um, but no, this it was uh, really great. We both liked it. It's um, super easy to pick up if you are a board game player if you're not into board games i would say this isn't the this shouldn't be the first one that you pick up uh but no i loved it a lot yeah uh for a new player i'm afraid that it starts off so slowly it would be frustrating oh yeah because you know it does take a while to actually start you know you're basically building your you know your vineyard up and during that time the first like three turns like you don't feel like you're actually progressing at all like, you're like, man, we need to get, I need 25 points to win, and I've gotten negative two points. Because that's the thing in this game. You can actually spend your victory points uh, in order to, you know, build up your farm a little, your vineyard a little bit more. Uh, so that could be really frustrating. So you might feel like that's the game's fault. But, you know, once you realize, no, that's that's the structure of the game. That's how, that's the arc, the story arc of the game. Like to start off slow and then that ramp up, that middle ramp up, and then all of a sudden everything you're doing is giving you points, and you're like, "Oh man, somebody ran away with it and just won like last turn." I can't believe it. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just really no, I it. do. It's yeah, it's not one of those ones you have to be a board game player, but not like Parker Brother board game player. You know, you have to be someone who's kind of evolved out of those or. You know, you've played Settlers of Catan, you've played Ticket to Ride, you've played Pandemic, you've played, you know, 
dungeon, you know, uh, and hero quest, hero quest. Yeah. Think you can, someone who's played these games that are just a little, a little more evolved than monopoly or clue. Uh, and, and when you have that kind of underneath you, it's, it's easy game to pick up. Um, I don't want to say, oh yeah, it's easy to play, and then somebody picks it up and plays, it and is like, this is kind of I don't, I don't get these rules because sometimes you don't get those rules, you know. Like sometimes it just you read them and it doesn't make sense. Um, but if you're someone who's played games, you kind of get like, oh, I know what they mean. They mean this. And anytime, like Paul and Caitlin and Chris and like Max, when we've sat down and played games together. There's always that moment where you're trying to, especially the first time, it's all work things out and figure out figure out the rules and say, wait, 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 what does this mean? Well, I read it this way. Well, I read it this way. And then you try to figure out what is the best, what is the meaning of this rule? Oh, another great thing that happened in uh, board game life for me is uh, I got to play through, with Kate, Pandemic Legacy Season 1. Ah. Finished it. Finally finished it. Uh, John, your wife and I, and also another friend of ours, Mel, uh, we started a, a campaign of Pandemic Season uh, Legacy Season 1 back in, what, 2015? Um, maybe, yeah. I, we, I still worked with Melanie, so it would have been 15 or 16. Yeah, so we probably part started in 15, and then kind of it baz- uh, fizzled we out. Had one, did we have one or two months to go? We had two months, I think, two months yeah. to go. And uh, but hey, I, I, I bought another set because it was super cheap someplace. Got it in and said, "Kate, this is what we're doing for Monday Fun Day for a while." Yeah, uh, that was a great. It was a great version of that mm-hmm. game too. It also made me get to the point where I don't think I ever need to play Pandemic again because normal Pandemic. It makes me. Normal Pandemic doesn't have. You know the gravitas that Legacy does, mm-hmm. uh, but normal pandemic like is a lot of fun. It, it is a lot. Of, it's it's like, a I, it's a fun game, but mm-hmm. to for me just to be like, hey, let's play it. I wouldn't just say that if somebody like if Chris was like, hey, you guys were talking about pandemic. Uh, I've never played it. Let's play it. I say, okay, Chris, let's play it. Like, but it wouldn't be the thing that I would pick or would really want to play. I'd still play it because it is a good game, and you lose almost ninety nine percent of the time. Uh, but no, it is, it is a good game. I I just don't think I can't think of a better a, like if you if we were wanted to play a game all together. I don't know of a better game than Pandemic. Like I know we I got that sub game. Uh, oh, that was fun. Uh, November, Red November. Red November. Yeah, Red November. I like. I would. I like Red November. Yeah, that one's always fun. Yeah, I might trade that in, that in because I like Pandemic so much more. Because that one with the time uh, time track and everything, it's just so confusing. I never feel. I never felt like we were playing the game right. It doesn't matter. I mean, we we lost plenty. We won plenty. You know. I don't think we ever won. I think we won. No, I think we did. Yeah, yeah. like once or twice. Okay. Anyways, I've talked. Somehow, in my uh, picking of three video games, I was able to talk about four <laughs> different board games. So, let's move on to movies. Right? Yeah. 
Well, before we uh, do that, do you, do you want to talk about your other beer, John, or you want to keep going? What? Yeah, well, let's talk uh, when after movies when we go into okay. uh, 2020. Gotcha. Who wants to start off the movies? Uh, I'll start off this, the movies. This is going to be a contentious one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, so my favorite, one of my favorite movies of uh, 2019 was actually Knives Out by uh, Ryan Johnson. Uh, Ryan Johnson does a good job of putting things on its ear, and he does that with uh, the um, detective story. Uh, this is a uh, um, the proprietor of this f- family uh, is is k- murdered. And uh, all of his family members are trying to figure out who did it. A great detective shows up in the Hercule Poirot kind of uh, fashion. And um, this really... You mean Angela Lansbury? Angela Lansbury, (laughs) yes. Uh, Yeah. What was her name in Murder, She Wrote, Paul? Because it's not just the actress. The actress didn't show up. Angela Lansbury. The character she played. Uh, (laughs) What was the the character's name then? I don't remember. Uh, but I'm looking uh, it up. I but, can't remember. But Knives Out. Jessica has, uh, Fletcher. Yeah, there you go. Oh, nice. Uh, Daniel Craig plays um, a uh, Bonnet Blanc, a Southern detective. Um, and then the, the family members include Christopher Plummer playing the, uh, the, the murder victim. Uh, Chris Evans playing way against type, playing a super douchebag. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette. Um, this was just oh Frank Oz is in it. M L. Does he play a cop? No, he plays uh, the the family lawyer. Gotcha. Um, and uh, M Emmett Walsh is in it. It's a really, really fun detective story, and people have loved the uh, Daniel Craig character so much that. They're actually going to make a. Um, they're planning on making a sequel with another crime for his character to um, to solve the crime. Uh, but really, really fun. It has kind of that clue esque um, feel to it, where it is kind of fun. You don't really like the main characters except for um, Christopher Plummer's uh, nurse and then the Daniel Craig detective. But this is one that, like, I saw the trailer. I was like, I, I really want to see it. I heard all the great reviews. And I was like, I, I need to watch this. Um, I love detective stories. I love, like, uh, Agatha, Christie, Agatha Christie novels. Like, this was just right up my alley. I loved every minute of it. And, like, um, when I, we were watching it, Caitlin and uh, Grayson fell asleep. And I held Grayson the entire time we were watching it. And right when it gets to the parlor scene where Daniel Craig's character is going to explain how everything happened and this is who really did it and these people are innocent and this is the murderer. Uh, Grayson wakes up. Caitlin wakes up. Hey, we should feed the baby. So we go and we make him lunch and then we're feeding the baby and I'm like, hey. So you still don't know who did it is what you're saying. Right? And I'm like, uh, hey, uh, can you feed him? And I can, can I finish the, the movie? It's at the parlor scene. And Caitlin's like, well, I want to see what happens. And I'm like, you slept the entire movie. And she's like, well, I, I was awake for the first couple minutes. Like, I want to see who did it. <laughs> and it just killed me because I was like, this is this is the moment. 
You have earned this payoff. Exactly. And uh, so I had to sit around and wait and then um, enjoyed the parlor scene and the ending of the movie. But, uh, no, I really liked it. I actually started watching it again um, the other day when I had, like, like nothing else to do. And I was like, you know, I don't mind putting this on again. I'd like to watch it again. Um, but, yeah, I loved it. I've, I've heard really good things. And it's definitely one of those films that when it pops up on Netflix or Hulu, I'll, I'll check it out. I, oh, I'm so bad about seeing movies now, though. Well, I saw four different movies in the theaters this year. Wow. Yeah. One at the cheap seats. Well, actually, before Christmas, oh, that was, well, I, I saw five. Five movies at the theaters this year. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Yeah. One was, you know, in the cheap seats, but it was, you know, this year, I think it was after the new year. Uh, but it was, you know, for one of the last year's movies. Zombie Land 2. It did not make my list. <laughs> you know, Paul. Oh, see, yeah, I, I wanted to see that, and then I heard it was like, oh, it's like they just took what you liked about the first one, and then they did it again. Yeah, that doesn't stop you from seeing Star Wars movies. Ooh, we'll talk. Oh, burn. <laughs> we'll talk. Uh, but also, Paul, you don't have to see these movies in the theater. They are like they'll come out in that year, and then also be you could rent them, or they'll be on something that you stream or watch. Maybe. 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 <laughs> Maybe I got two of them. I don't know. So. No, but new movies I usually don't uh, see. So. But what is your what is your movie, Paul? What's your pick? Because I, I just looked through my the bracket again, just trying to jog my memory of what movies I saw. Uh, number three, Captain Marvel. Came out uh, early. That, this year. that did it's come out this year. Yeah. Seems like forever ago, but it happened. Yeah. Yeah, it happened this year. Uh, and I thought it was fun. I, I really enjoyed the... You know, I... It, you know, I think the whole going back to the '80s and '90s. Well, definitely the '80s has become like kind of a trope, like the uh, '80s nostalgia thing. Um, I think Stranger Things really set off the tide for that. Uh, but I thought it was fun going back to the '90s. I think the uh, special effects they used on the de-aging of um, Nick Fury was great. Well, I, well, I, uh, I think for both him and Coulson is. Yeah, we're like 30 years past the 90s now, but I think, you know, Samuel L. Jackson and then uh, Clark Gregg still look pretty decent for their age. Like, I don't think they had to do too much work to age them down that much. And this is why Scorsese came out and was like, oh, like, poo-poo, Marvel movies aren't real because they nailed de-aging and... Oh, with, the Irishman, what, with the, it's bad. With the Irishman, it's... It's bad, it's, it's scary. It's ridiculous. Well, I didn't see it. Yeah, it's nightmares. Because <laughs> it's a new movie. I don't... <laughs> no, sorry, sorry, Paul. It's not on streaming. Paul, I, I, it's also, I, I it's also three hours long for you. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. No, they, they did so well with that. And I loved uh, Captain Marvel's basically a buddy cop movie. Yeah. It's it's a great buddy cop movie. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Kate and I uh, just, you know, we're taking a vacation soon. So what does everybody do right before uh, they 
go go on vacation. They make checklists. Masturbate before you have to sleep with someone else's. Oh, sorry. Yeah, checklists. That's <laughs> make the checklist. And also, you grab your uh, big old uh, jar of coins, and you roll them, sons of bitches. Your vacations are really different. <laughs> yeah, well, you know that's extra vacation money right there, guys. That's another sixty-three bucks right in the gift card money. Paul, right in the funny money. Who, who pays with cash anymore? Why are you collecting all these? This change. I collect change, and then I roll it, and then I deposit it, turn it into a gift card. Boom. Vacation money. Paul, I still have that forty dollars that you gave me. <laughs> Uh, for the Christmas at the Christmas party for that beer, and I'm like, yeah. oh, what the hell am I gonna? I guess I I gotta save these for when I go get a haircut because I my <laughs> my barber takes cash. Uh, I, I, I like Captain Marvel. The only thing that kept it off this uh, my list is just another Marvel origin movie. Like it's it's well done as most of them are, but. I don't think anything really jumped off the screen at me and it could just be, it didn't resonate with me as much as it did other people. Um, I enjoyed it. I think I've watched it maybe like two or three times since it came out on DVD. Um, it's obviously something I will go back to and rewatch, not just for when we finally get around to it for the great Marvel movie retrospective. Um, I think it's definitely a worthwhile addition to the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I dug it. The only the only thing I didn't like about it, um, I understand they use the soundtrack, you know, to tell the times that they're in. The No Doubt song just kind of seemed shoehorned in. Uh, it was an action sequence. It was an action was sequence, an and it's just, I, don't know, I don't know. For me, that was kind of like oh, gar- saying it's a little off. It's a little on the nose. I can understand yeah, that. Yeah, Gar- but... Guardians does that kind of thing so much better, though. And like, I feel like they're just not trying to ape that, but trying to live up to what Guardians has done. And they just didn't just didn't catch it with this. But yeah, it was too on the nose. It was it was it came across as cringy and not uh, fun. But they earned more than enough goodwill with everything that they did with Goose. So yes, this movie gets a thumbs up. I thought it was. This would probably be my. This would be like my number five or six, I think, for the year. Yeah, and and I've only seen five new movies, in, uh, that came out. Five movies that came out in 2019, and uh, Captain Marvel is a movie that I want to see it in the theaters twice. Um, I thought the scene was good, and I like um, that song, so I I had no problem with it. I, I mean, I love that song too. Yeah, and I, it's just, yeah. it's just, it's just, it just it struck me. But again, I, I, can, I too saw this twice in the movie theaters because I made plans with one of my friends to go see it. And then we didn't have solid plans. It was like, oh, yeah, we'll see this when it comes out. So I went to see it day one. And then I got a text from him. I was like, what the hell, you fucker? We were supposed to see it. And I was like, I'll go again. I don't care. I, uh, I think I've, I've, I, watch, I saw it in the theater. And then I've watched it, I've watched it twice since then. Um, I really like the. Uh, is it Ben Middleston? Yeah, yeah. I, I really liked his character as well. I thought he was a good villain, non-villain. Yeah, on um, later viewings, like, like oh, he's just kind of a cool dude, especially. And then later, when you see him pop up in other stuff that we'll talk about eventually. Oh, yeah. No, I like him. I'm sorry, John. I can't no, you're fine. Uh, no, I like this. This would be in my top 
this would definitely be in my top ten. I don't know what where it would lie in that under my top three, but um, no, it's a good movie. I liked it. I've I've watched it three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you want to do you want to give us what your? Oh wait, I have to give my number three. Holy crap! Um, ooh. So guys, you know what I don't see a lot of anymore. New movies. Well, I see I see new movies, but I don't see very many horror movies. Oh. Yeah. You know what I saw this year for some reason? What's that? I saw a horror movie. Wait. I wanted to go see It Chapter Two. Oh. Did you see It Chapter One? No. You know why? Why? I saw the original It when I was a kid. Like I was like, I don't need to see this. But you know what I never saw? The second part of It, like from the nineties oh. when they did the miniseries. <laughs> Uh, so I was like, okay, well, I know enough about it that I can go see Chapter 2. Um, but I actually really enjoyed it. I still haven't seen the first one, uh, but I'm not opposed to it. I will see it eventually and be like, oh, hey, it's the first part of that movie I saw the second one, too. Cool. I will I will say this, Chris. It Chapter 1, ten times better than It Chapter 2. I, I enjoyed it. Like, it wasn't... Fantastic! It, it it did everything I expected it to do, without even seeing like the updated it chapter one. Oh yeah, I don't even know if they called. It, I don't even know if they called it it chapter one or if they just called it it when they came out the other year. Um, it, both of them are so both of them are good movies. I I enjoyed it chapter two. I'm just put that out there. I liked it. No, I I I dug it. I think it was worth my you know eight nine bucks whatever I paid to see it. Just something to talk about that I don't normally talk about. I don't go to horror movies. I think the last horror movie I actually went to see in theaters was probably... Jeepers um, Creepers. <laughs> well, Jeepers Creepers was one of them. Um, the Daniel Radcliffe, the woman in black, the oh, lady yeah. in black, like the Victorian ghost one, which I... I enjoyed, but again, that was probably like twelve years ago. Now. I was going to say that's like ten years ago. It's, they had a sequel to it. I was like, oh, I saw the first one of that. Never saw it. I'm really weird with my horror movies, guys. The sequel was it didn't seem as good. I watched a little bit of the beginning, uh, but no, it chapter two is fun. I think um, the casting they did for from the kids from the first one into um, the sequel with the adults, mm-hmm. um, they did a great job with them. I think those those guys really kind of nailed those kids to the adults. Also, it was like the internet casted it for them because they, <laughs> they said this person should play this one. This guy should play this, you know, this kid. Um, and it was really, it was really, really well done. Um, well, thank you internet for giving Bill Hader more work because I like him. He's just never someone I think about. Oh, you should watch Barry. If you can, Oh, you know what? I, I've already watched Noel. So I've seen enough Bill Hader for, this year. Oh, Bear. Oh, that was a new movie that I've seen this year. <laughs> you want to put that on your list? You need to. Nope. Need That's to, six. You need to revamp it. That would not be on my list. Uh, that would barely even six. make my list of Christmas movies that I watched this year. Uh, Chris, premise of Barry. Uh, Bill Hader is a uh, uh, a military vet who's become a hitman who's sent to kill a guy follows him into a acting class where he then uh, performs in the acting class and decides that he wants to become an actor and no longer a hitman and refuses to kill his mark 
and then starts a war between uh like the uh, like Russian mob and himself it's hilarious Henry Winkler's in it um I can't think of his name the guy who uh oh the guy from Office Space oh I can't think of his name the main guy the guy in Friday Night Lights no Stefan Root oh yeah and he plays Stefan Root plays a real son of a bitch he plays his uh, Barry's handler but I highly recommend watching Barry because it's um, Bill Hader actually I think he won like a Golden Globe for his performance in it I've added to uh, my list of things that we've talked about that I should look into Paul I don't know if you'd like it no I wouldn't like it Come on, expect the guy that watches three movies a year to like Barry. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Three thousand dollar pants. Come on, the guy. Come on, the guy that's been on the show, recording a show with you for ten years and likes nothing. (laughs) You expect him to like something? Come on, Paul. What's your number? What's your number two? Uh, My number two is a uh, remake. So it's like a. It's like I watched a trailer back when I was a kid. Oh, is yours in chapter two? Movie. What? Is yours in chapter two? <laughs> no. No, but very close. It's Aladdin. Oh, okay. Uh, live, Guy Ritchie uh, directed a uh, live action Disney movie. Uh, um, Paul, I will say this is also my number two. I will say. Uh, no. I will say. Now ask me if I've seen Aladdin or uh, if I've seen uh, The Lion King. Do you see Lion King? No, I haven't seen it. I actually watched uh, the first two minutes of this movie. Uh, I uh, put it on because it's now on Disney+. Plus. And uh, as I sat there, my son took the PlayStation controller because I watch everything on PlayStation. Um, and then continued to rewind the first 30 minutes. Um, or the first 30, the first three minutes uh, constantly. And then uh, when I finally got the controller away from him without him crying, and then I saw Will Smith telling the kids the story on the boat, I turned it off. And then put Muppet Babies on for him to... Uh, you know you can just give him a, like your second controller and be like, oh, look, you're doing it, bud. Just... I, I gave him my Xbox. Well, one, there's always a little bit of juice in those batteries, and he always hits the button and turns on the second controller, which then pops up another screen that then goes away, and he just keeps hitting that button. And I gave him my Xbox remote, and the kid just got teeth and chipped a chunk out of one of the little hand, the little... Oh, your analog sticks? Uh, analog sticks. Okay. And then my wife's like, he's got a choke on it. And I was like, well, it serves him right. Took a bite out of my controller, you little bastard. Anywho, I watched the first uh, two minutes of this movie. Cool. Uh, I actually thought the lead characters were all fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed going on the ride with them. I, I thought they uh, Sorry, sorry, Ken. Can- Sorry, we're, we're going to need to pause and rewind. Can you say on the magic carpet ride with them? Oh, oh, okay. okay thank, yeah. Thanks. And uh, uh, calm down. Three, two, uh, take two. One. Clack. <laughs> I thought all these characters uh, were really fun and enjoyable, and I really liked going on this magic carpet ride with them. Um, I thought the Bravo, really my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. 
I can take direction. Uh, I've heard your I've heard your dramatic readings. No, you can't. <laughs> I thought Jafar, uh, the guy that they got to play Jafar, was menacing. Um. Okay. Uh, agreed. And I thought he was going to be the weakest part of it, just based off the trailers, because it was like, well, he doesn't seem to have the presence of Jafar that I'm used to from the animated feature. But no, this this dude's slick and conniving. Like he's. Yeah. He's good. And he he, can, he doesn't shoot, chew up the scenery as much as I'd want, you know, that kind of classic Disney villain to have, though. Like, the over-the-top. Like, when he becomes the most powerful sorcerer, I kind of wanted him to be all mustache twirly, just over-the-top. And he didn't... I don't know, that didn't really sell it. He didn't really sell that part for me. But man, when he's just like going behind the scenes and just manipulating things. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where that's where that Jafar sh- uh, shined for me. Um, um, I I no, dug this I movie know. a lot. It's one of my yeah. all-time favorite Disney animated movies. And I had high hopes going into this one just because I didn't want to get let down. But I, I walked out and I was like, all right, that was a lot of fun. It had enough of what I loved from the original Aladdin, but still updated and changed enough that I was like, okay, like, you know what? I can, I can count this among one of my favorite movies of the year. Uh, spoilers note missing from my list is the lion King. Cause as beautiful as that movie is just from a, you know, special effects standpoint, it didn't really do anything besides like revolutionized special effects, which is like awesome hats off to it for that. But when you watch it, it's it's blanking. Like there's yeah. there's nothing like that stand out about it. Um, but Aladdin, like that, that's one of the Disney live action ones that I'm probably going to go back to and rewatch. Like I've only seen the Cinderella one once. Uh, Jungle Book I've watched a bunch of times. That one I really dig. And I think Aladdin's you know, a worthwhile addition to that quote unquote live action uh, Disney remake category like it's it's so well done uh, much better than lady and the tramp which i got through like five minutes of and was like nah i'm okay uh, i haven't seen that it, i i finished it it wasn't bad it wasn't great but there's a reason they did it and they put it on disney plus and not yeah. to the theaters because it wouldn't do well in the um, theaters uh no but aladdin was one of those ones when it came on disney plus which was you know just a few days ago uh yeah. I've been sitting there waiting for an ch- opportunity to watch it because I've wanted to watch it. No, definitely give it a shot and just um, just remember that the opening scene with uh, Will Smith talking to the kids on the boat is basically the yeah, it's the it's the, the, the tradesman from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, like it's no. just that scene. Like it's it, it's over pretty quick, and then once it gets into it, it just goes like that movie books. It's. I don't want to watch it without Caitlin, and Caitlin was taking care of something else, so that's why I was fine with Grayson continuously rewinding the first part where it was. Just, Maybe he just really liked that part. Maybe he just likes seeing Will Smith on a boat. He just likes. Was Caitlin even alive during the, when the original one came out? He can watch it without her. No, I think she's alive, and I, I, I enjoy my wife and my marriage, and would want to keep it and <laughs> to watch Aladdin without her. I watch movies oh. that I know that she won't like. Like, I watched Watchmen without her, and she's, like, all mad at me. And I'm like, it's not for you. Uh, Don't worry also, about that. for Aladdin, shout out to Alan Tudyk for voicing 
uh, Iago. Oh. The Herculean task of following in Gilbert Gottfried's footsteps. He did a good job. He did. Uh, yeah, this would go one step uh, in front of the lawman, wow. but one step behind uh, Beating the Beast. So Beating the Beast for live action, my number one, then Aladdin, then uh, the Cinderella, then uh, I haven't seen Maleficent 2. So, but I, I, no, I don't there. think anybody did, so you're fine with that. Okay, and then uh, I haven't seen Lion King, as we've talked about. And then any of the, uh, then the Alice in Wonderland one. Oh yeah, that's at the bottom. I'm honestly, I'm still probably gonna say Jungle Book number one. Aladdin. Oh, Jungle Book! I forgot about yeah. that one. That would be number three. I'm going Jungle Book, Aladdin. Then probably um, Lion King, just because I mean it, it is really well done. It's just it's nothing new. Um, mm-hmm. I honestly don't remember anything about Cinderella besides. Like Kate Blanchett was in it, I think, and then uh, yeah. Rob, Rob was really good. and then Rob Stark. Like that's that's what I carried away from that movie, uh, and then probably Maleficent, just because I didn't care about Alice in Wonderland too much. I didn't really think uh, Jungle Book would be my number one so far. Um, I thought the Beauty and Beast was uh, a good interpretation. Oh, I forgot about Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that that would probably be before Lion King. Yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, um, so that was both of your number twos. Yep. That was my number two. Uh, my number two is going to be a horror comedy. And this is in chapter two. It is not, uh, this, it has a clown in it. How is it not a comedy? Uh, this is ready or not. Um, this movie is about a, uh, a woman who marries into a family that's made their millions off of board games and at the on her on your wedding night you have to play a game to be initiated into the family um previous members uh the her husband's um sister's husband played old maid his brother's wife played shoots and ladders and she gets um, hide-and-seek. It's all chosen at random. Uh, except with this family, when you play hide-and-seek, um, you go hide, and then they are out to kill you. Because the family has made a deal with the devil. Um, Is this a Blumhouse movie? I think it might be. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who produced it. Um, but this is one that right I was now. like... This is one of those movies that I just said, like, this looks fun uh, and entertaining. And I made Caitlin watch it. I, I showed her the trailer, and then we watched it. And when the movie was over, Caitlin was like, that was really good. It delivered everything that it was supposed to. It knew what it was and did a really good job at it. And I was like, yeah. It gave me both hiding and seeing. It does. Um, but no, it was surprisingly it is not a Blumhouse. It's Fox, uh, Fox Searchlight. It was um, an incredibly fun movie. Um, great little character development, you know, with some of the characters in it. It is, it is really, really, it's really, really well done. And I had, a, I had a lot of fun with it. And something like this, a movie like this, doesn't come along. 
every year. It comes along every 10 years where you're like, man, that's a great horror comedy, exceptionally uh, well done. And uh, I loved every minute of it. I thought it was just a, a fun ride. And um, yeah, my number two. Uh, John, you're you're the movie guy here. I think you should start us up with your uh, number one. Well, I think Chris starts with number one, then you, Paul, and then I finish it because I, oh, I started it. Oh, Ooh, see, I was going to uh, wait to see who picked what for their number one so I could piggyback on it and then talk about something else. My number one, but, you, neither of you have seen. Okay. Yep. Wow, it's okay. Um, uh, you, Chris, you want me to go first so that way you can piggyback? Well, uh, yeah. It's, it's, a movie. it's a movie that we've all seen because everybody saw it. Because it was Marvel Endgame. Okay, yeah. Avengers Endgame. Yeah, that's fine. That's my Yeah. That's yours? Well, that's... Or, I'll, I'll piggyback or, talking about it because I think we still need to talk about Rise of Skywalker. So, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah no, uh, this this seemed like a victory lap kind of move. This, and it delivered on really good story beats while harkening back to what the 10 years of Marvel Cinematic... Uh, universe had has done uh even with the whole time looping going back in time it was a great you know it was kind of a story plot device just to take that kind of victory lap like guys remember where we came from but but the thing is it took the victory lap through stuff like thor the dark world but it's still like like, okay you know maybe thor dark world's not that terrible of a movie and then you know we went back and rewatched and i was like okay yeah it's a little bit better than I remember it being. Yeah, but, you know, even during a victory lap, you got to remember those times that you were struggling, that you were out in the heat, that you were dying of sweat, and you thought you were going to quit and pack it all in. But you kept going. And uh, I thought I thought Endgame was able to balance that kind of just like, hey, look at what we did, this is great, versus, uh, but still being able to tell, tell a very good and emotional story that didn't rely just on those, like, let's hit those emotional beats again and again and again and again. Let's tell a new story that brings different characters together that we haven't seen together yet. Uh, they mix up the roster. Uh, everybody, you know, it just... And then when it delivered on the new emotional beats, it, it, it really hit home. I, I thought it was great. Um, every time that I... See that scene where Captain uh, Captain America tightens up his shield because he's bleeding, and he's and then all of a sudden he hears on your on your left, and then he says so, that phrase that we all love: "Avengers assemble." Ah, oh, goosebumps every time. No, and that's I think you summed it up perfectly because this movie has it all. And when Avengers Infinity War came out, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like this is the perfect you know, cap on the past 10 years of Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, it has what they needed to wrap this up. No, it didn't, because that was just set up for this movie. And so much of this movie just hits on every single note that it needs to. And even though we had seen them, like, do their snap, you know, like five, ten minutes before that scene with Captain America walking out to face all of Thanos' army... I was so ingrained in that movie and stuck in those moments that I completely forgot that it's like, Oh yeah. Like this worked every, everybody's back now because you're just so along for the ride that 
everything else doesn't matter. Like you're just focused on Steve Rogers at that point. And you're just seeing this man who doesn't know when to quit walking into like the opponent's army and he's going for it. He can do it all day. Do this all day. Yeah, I know. Which is great. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's a great conclusion to those 10 years. And if they said, Hey, we're not making any more movies. You'd be like, yeah, okay. I, we get it. You can totally end it on this note. Yeah. Well, they're not. I kn- <laughs> That's it. Uh, That's why it's called the end game. <laughs> uh, but you know, the fact that you're going to get those Disney plus shows, you're going to get those Marvel, mo- you know, more Marvel movies with those characters that they've introduced. I- I'm still excited for those things to come. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to those shows. I'm looking forward to the movies. You know, I I, I even think Scarlet Witch is going to be fun because this is the movie that I think they are smart to put this out as the next Marvel movie. And then they're going to have quote unquote in my, in my vernacular more serious movies because this is a movie that takes place before Endgame, takes place before that. And it's a character that people like, but it doesn't have to be anything. It doesn't have to. Yeah, it's they're going back to kind of like the smaller stories again. Yeah, it doesn't have to be something that's going to bridge this movie to this movie to this movie, but it's going to be like a palate cleanser. You know, it's going to be a nice sorbet that's going to. Cl- it's going to be the Atman. You know, yeah, you know, it's not going to connect to anything that's going to come down the line, as far as we know. Uh, maybe one of those characters might pop up in the Falcon and Winter Soldier. You know, one of those, uh, you know, Black Widow's sisters who are in that in the next show or the next movie. But I think it's definitely a nice finale to those those big characters. And I mean, I, I've watched Endgame, I think, three times now. And every time, especially when you get towards the end there when all the characters show up, I, for some reason, I automatically start tearing up. I don't know. It's, they, see, that's the thing, like, they worked for 10 years and 22 movies to get to that point, and they do it with, like, enough respect and weight to it that once you see everyone start showing up again, you're like, oh, yeah, like, everything that happened before led you to this exact very moment. Yeah. And then, like, once everyone starts charging and you hear, like, that Avengers theme song swell in the background, you're like, fuck yeah, I love Marvel movies. This is dope. Yeah. Just that, so that on your left, you know, mm-hmm. is from Falcon, is okay. that, that, like, all, all of a sudden it's automatic, like, waterworks. <coughs> I, Sorry, I'm joking. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay, I did that earlier. <laughs> You still there? <coughs> oh no, we witnessed Chris's death on the podcast. That's it, guys. Oh, that's a great way hey, to wrap now, up ten years, guys. Now I'm back. I'm a ghost. Oh no! I was, I was uh, taking I a sip of beer and it was really uh, foamy. Like, this is a this is the other movie that I saw twice in the theaters this year. Uh, granted, I did see Captain Marvel for the second time right before seeing uh, double, double uh, feature. Uh, yeah, it did a double feature. Uh, Endgame. It was on my birthday. I dragged Kate to both of them. Uh, she didn't. She wasn't dragged. But uh, 
we both agreed that uh, you do not watch Captain Marvel right before watching Endgame again. That the the um, just the emotional dissidence between those two movies just do not fit. Like if you're gonna watch Captain Marvel, you watch it before Infinity War, if anything. You don't watch it in between. You don't watch it uh, right before Endgame. So yeah, uh, Chris, what was your going to be your number uh, one? Then? Well, my number one will be another movie that is there as the end cap to a long storied franchise history. Uh, but I don't think it chapter two. <laughs> yes, it chapter two. <laughs> Guys, I can't believe they did it. Um, and they made Richie I just gay. Don't think, I just don't think this one worked at the same level as Endgame did, though. But this is Star Wars Episode Nine. Rise of Skywalker. <clears throat> um, I've talked about this movie a lot with people outside of the podcast. We've kind of had some minor discussion about it. Um, sidebar, not actually on the show. Like, our, as, as, yeah, our next episode um, will be this. Oh, are we? Are we? Yeah. No, oh, I thought we were uh, passing that by because we were talking about movies today. Well, no, our next episode will. We are going to do all uh, all Star Wars all the time, right? Oh, so we are going to do uh, Mandalorian and uh, Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, because yeah, we kind of already talked about Mandalorian. Well, we're going to talk Skywalker now, but we also have a whole other show to do, and we're at an hour 20, so <laughs> we, can make, we can make a show out of talking about, even if we talk about the last three Star Wars movies as a trilogy and discuss that, we got a show. Okay. Yeah, we'll put uh, we'll put that down on the books. Um, this wasn't my favorite movie of the year. Um, it is something that definitely made a blip on the radar, though. Like, because looking forward to this all year, it misfires in some spots, and I have no issue with the actual story of the movie. I was entertained throughout the whole thing. But there are just moments that left me scratching my head. It's like, well, why did they handle it this way? It's the storytelling more than the story that I had issue with. And I know, much like every other Star Wars movie, once I go back and sit down and like rewatch this one, that stuff's just going to kind of wash by. I'm not going to notice it as much. But then again, I've been rewatching the prequels recently on my lunch breaks at work. And I just got up to episode three and I'm like, okay, well, episode three is better, but man, episodes one and two are just rough to get through. Um, I didn't have any of those moments with Rise of Skywalker, though. It's just the stuff that you have to infer and then find out after you've seen the movie through ancillary material, like the encyclopedia that's like, well, no, that's the thing that you should have had in the movie to sell me that this is, you know, wrapping up 40 years of the Skywalker saga. Like I want to see the emperor rise to power again. Instead of just being like, Nope, I'm back. I've been back guys. You didn't know it's been me. You you don't waste like the first 30 seconds of your movie on that. Like that should be like the build and then like a reveal. Mm -hmm. And this, the, the, and this is the problem with this trilogy is when they, sat down with that huge writer's room to write the first movie and they showed that picture of everyone in the room. All those people should have written one, two, and three. 
Instead, they had a group write one and then hand it off to another group of people who wrote two to then be like, well, we got to finish this. And without getting into our what will probably be a conversation Chris and I will have on a podcast, like two doesn't set up three at all. And it barely continues one. It's its own entity. But if they had set up things in two, like the Emperor... Well, I think- I think two did set up stuff though, yeah. and then J.J. Uh, Abrams came in and was like, "Well, no, uh, that's... I'm going to tell my story that I wanted to tell since episode, yeah, <laughs> which and, he should have done all three." But here's the thing: uh, besides setting up the link between Kylo and uh, Ray, spoilers by the way, <laughs> uh, forced I add. Go ahead, keep on. No, <laughs> keep but. Talking. Like, besides that, like, what happened in that movie? Finn should have died in two. He should have drove into that thing and blew it up. The, the, there's, I don't, well, two, no, I think the, the, the second movie in this trilogy is probably one of my least favorite Star Wars movies. Ooh, okay, uh, well, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you right now what I think two set up that they just kind of completely washed back because you do see them start to build up. They're no longer, you know, a resistance at that point. Like they've had that spark of hope. Like they are going to rally whatever they can, which you do see that come back at the end of the third one. Um, You have Kylo Ren now the head of the first order because he's undermined Snoke, which was supposed to be the big bad. And then they kind of subverted that. But then JJ Abrams is like, well, no, that's that wasn't the plan. Like, instead of building off of it, he just undid it. You have Luke, who's abandoned everything, like you see Obi-Wan and Yoda do. At the end, come back and be like, no, I I know we need to have Jedi. Like, we have to stand against this. We can't turn our back on it. It's our duty, you know, to protect the galaxy. You see him learn that lesson after he's given it up. He hung up the lightsaber. But even, he, even him hanging up the lightsaber doesn't make sense for that character. Uh, how does it not make sense for that character when his but, other two teachers did that exact same thing with Obi Wan and Yoda? But the he, the man with from his the man that his is standpoint, the man that is he, hope the man that doesn't lose faith in his father who's done all these awful things for the Empire in an instant where his nephew the person that he's helped raise starts teetering towards the dark side he's gonna murder the man the man of hope the man who should be that it doesn't make sense for that character at all they mentioned that in that movie though where it looks like you know what i had that moment where i was going to and then i realized no i can't do this and that's right when ben wakes up and sees that yeah it's a very similar moment that he he has in return of the jedi yeah, you've seen Luke. He has that moment. He has the same that. moment when he's going to strike down Vader until the Emperor starts hackling him. If the Emperor shut up in the Return of the Jedi, you know he might have fought. He might have. Uh, he might have actually struck down Vader at that point. Luke's but then, grappled with that darkness in him. His whole story, like yes, he's overcome it, and like he finally rose to that position. And, and this he is slipped a, he slips a little bit. This but is all conversation end, for our next episode. But that's that's the thing. Like that's why I think it's like you have to talk about the stuff when you're talking about the movie, yeah. though. Yeah, I, I, I Luke I, right. Luke made those steps, and 
it made him turn his back on it. And then he finally realizes, no, like, this is what I need to do. Like, he says it at the beginning of Last Jedi, like, what, do you want me to do is stand down the First Order with a laser sword? Like, come on, no. He realizes, like, no, like, they, they need someone to do that. And, yeah, it's just a force projection at that point. But he realized that's what he needs to do. That's how he has to help overcome the dark side, not just in himself, but in the galaxy. They, and this is all stuff that, you know, J.J. Abrams could have built up upon. But he went back and was like, okay, what did people not like? Let's, let's try to fix that. And it became too much of a course correction instead of telling the next part of a story. And I agree. And like I said, I think they should have written all three of these at once and tweaked things throughout the story as they were making them. I mean, and that's where like why, you know, infinity war and Endgame feel like a cohesive end because they were written by the same people throughout and directed by the same people who got what they were trying to do with the series. <laughs> and and that's I think half the reason why we're talking in um what's his name from Marvel into D, into Star Wars to help with that. Oh yeah, Kevin Feige. But and at the same time though, like Lucasfilm does have you know their story development team that should be overseeing and steering all this. And who knows because we have had directors that have stepped away from projects with you know uh Miller and Lord from Solo. Colin Trevorrow was supposed to do episode nine originally. Uh, we just had it announced, it was a couple months ago, but the guys behind Game of Thrones who were doing their own Star Wars thing no longer working with Lucasfilm on it. So maybe they're just trying to rein people in a little bit while still acquiescing some of that story control and they're just trying to hit those big beats. I. We don't know what goes on behind those closed doors, though. But I think with Marvel, you're seeing the exact opposite, where like they have people laying out the story. Hey, this is what we want it to be and what it needs to be. <clears throat> and they're working with people to make that vision happen, not the vision that the director wants. And kind of on that front, we just had news this week where Scott Derrickson walked away from Doctor Strange um, multiverse of Madness. Oh, like, maybe he's not willing to do what Marvel wanted at that point. <coughs> Sorry, guys. The vote from the beer is just sitting in the back of my throat. Um, he had a tweet a couple weeks ago that said something like, oh, deadlines are like the adversary of art or something. So even at that point, when he put that tweet out, people were like, oh, you know, things probably aren't all good and you know, Disney Marvel land with Dr. Strange. Now here we are. Yeah. You had that with Edgar Wright stepping away, (coughs) but again, Chris, you went a little digitally in your, what what you were saying there, but I got your gist. Gotcha. I'm sorry. And I I think I I was hacking and coughing again. So I was trying to hit you at the same time. So no, you were, you were, it was, it, it, I lost you a little bit on Skype, but I think it's definitely something to discuss. Everybody's going to pull different things from it and their beliefs in Star Wars and how it affects them and all of that. We can always talk for hours and hours and hours about Star Wars. Uh, 
But uh, I will talk about my last movie, and then we can try to shoot into uh, 2020. Yeah, we'll uh, shoot into the but, future. Um, my, <laughs> my movie is a uh, black comedy called The Art of Self-Defense, starring Jesse Eisenberg. Um, and this movie uh, is directed by... Riley Stems, uh, and written by him as well. And this movie is, uh, Jesse Eisenberg plays, a, a mild manner accountant who on the way to buy, uh, food for his wiener dog, uh, on a night is beaten almost to death and, um, is having a hard time leaving the house. And he ends <coughs> when he's leaving, finding a karate dojo where he then starts taking classes to uh, a charismatic sensei who helps guide him, who also might have something to do with him getting beaten up in the first place, uh, to a crazy cavalcade of things <coughs> to happen. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg plays this so low-key. He doesn't play his over-the-top, like, nervousness. Um, he plays it very deadpanned. And this movie had me in stitches. This I laughed so hard at different points in this movie. Um, the deliveries, it reminds me a lot of... Uh, <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite movies, Rushmore. Like it just has these really great delivered lines, um, and I. This movie wasn't even really. It was on my radar, and then when I watched it, before this, it wouldn't have been even on my list. But I watched this movie, and I loved every single minute of it and i actually can't wait to watch it again um this is going to go into those level of common comedies that i love um rushmore big lebowski art of self-defense like they're going to be grouped in this little thing of comedy movies that i love um it was excellent excellently written and the performers they knew what they were doing when they did this movie. Uh, but I loved it. I When I finished watching it, I texted my dad and was like, hey, you got to see this movie. And he's like, I watched it a month ago. And we started just shooting lines to each other. And it was just one of those things, like, he'd send me one. as like, yeah, that was a pretty funny line. Take this one, Dad. And um, I loved I loved this movie. It's uh, a really great, quirky yep, black and, uh, comedy. Three? One. Well, Chris, uh, whatever's killing you, if it's not your next beer, uh, I don't know. But my next beer is quite delicious, and this is coming from. I'm listening to you laugh, Paul. Are you laughing at me or with me? I'm laughing uh, at you because you want. Jack, to I don't care if you're dead. I'm gonna talk about my beer. <laughs> hey, hey, Ghost, exactly. Ghost you went from a place. Ghost Chris is still there. He's he's getting ectoplasm all over the keyboards, but who knows Ghost what was Chris on his keyboards like anyways? I'm just shoveling hot dogs into my face. They're getting all over the floor of this fancy hotel. Uh, Flowers are still on the table. Uh, 
I'm just saying it was. You went from a place of true concern to just <laughs> abject. I know. He, it was. Like, I know he's fine because he said, "I don't know what's wrong, guys, but uh, I'm fine right now." I know he's fine. I know he's not dead. Okay. It sounded like he was dead because he started coughing and then he was silent. I was just so congested and gross. I don't get it. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I get? Uh, I, Your next beer. I got a uh, haze from Ch- Treehouse Brewing. Um, this is a double IPA coming into 8.2%. This was given to me by uh, one of my regulars at my beer store. And this is a delicious double IPA. Um, again, 8.2 doesn't drink like that. You get some really nice peach um, kind of notes off of the hops on this. Um, I've slowed myself down, so I had a sip for when we were doing this. I just finished the beer. And my gosh, it's really, really good. Uh, Treehouse is just one of those ones they just make really good IPAs. Uh, hands down, a good beer. And uh, I drank it. I liked it. And uh, if you have the opportunity to have it, you should try it. It was my purred happily. <laughs> Alright, so uh, a beer that I had with dinner was uh, a lo- another local beer. And it was uh, Froth. Uh, Juice Life, uh, coming at 6.2% alcohol by volume. Um, it was okay. It was uh, not as juicy. I don't know how old it is. You know, I went to a, re- a restaurant that has, what, 40, 50 different taps. They have too many beers, and there's too many beers in their they, back room. Yeah. I You know, when I saw that Halt who go- goes there was still on their tap list, I'm like, I don't know. And the thing is, I don't follow it closely enough to like know if it's an, if a new release of it came out or it's like from the last time I had it last year. But it seems like because uh, All Two Goes There came out right before the Super Bowl last year, so it might be a new release of it. Who knows? But I don't know. Like I don't know like if this is new or fresh. There's so many local beers out. Uh, it's really hard to keep track of everybody's releases. That's why I'm glad I have a friend like John, who's always concerned about his friend's well-being and will tell them when they're drinking old shit. Um, so, John, Froth, Juice Life, is that old, old, old stuff that I was drinking, or not that good? Uh, or- um, they just started releasing beers to the market, as in being distributed to bars and everything, just recently. Okay. So it's so it is new, but it tastes like an older beer. I this was an IPA from them. Yeah, they make decent IPAs. Uh, yeah, it was okay. It, it, it is. It's okay. Um, most of their IPAs, in my opinion, are okay. They do really good with fruited sours, with um, pastry mm-hmm. beers. They have a really good strawberry Danish that's absolutely delicious. Their lollipop is really what's kind of brought them some fame recently, which is a rotating sour beer. Um, they did a strawberry ra- or a raspberry lemonade IPA that was absolutely delicious. But again, it's like the fruited stuff, or they they do the Mounds chocolate bar, which is like 
a hundred pounds of coconut in a chocolate porter. Like it's more of the fruited stuff and the stuff that's not just an IPA that they do the best at. And this is a beer like Paul, you and I both said this year we wanted to try to do local beers. I I've been to the brewery five or six times this year uh, for someone who has a baby. That's a lot. Uh, That's more well, times than all right there in the town of. It's 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 up in it's, the north town for you. It's the closest brewery to my house. Well, no, that's not true. Yeah. Uh, Prosper is the closest, but uh, they don't the they don't make as good a beer. Uh, but I've enjoyed Froth. Um, five minutes past them is Thin Man on Chandler. I. You're going five minutes past them. The, here's the thing. I'll go to Chandler, have two beers, eat some pizza. Uh, Thin Man on Chandler has an amazing Caesar salad, uh, and then I might stop at a night for a nightcap on the way home at Froth. And again, I'm looking for fruited sour. I'm looking for their strawberry Danish. I'm looking for that. I'm not gonna go after their IPAs there. Yeah, you're looking. Well, at that point, you're looking for a nightcapper, anyways, and an IPA is not a nightcapper, you know. Yeah. But even an 8% sour that they put out, I'll still drink on the way home. <laughs> but, Chris, yes, what what, what, what has saved you? Uh, well, hopefully this isn't a beer that kills me because this is actually uh, from Hidden Springs Ale Works, which is one of the breweries we'll be going to when you guys come down in February uh, in Tampa, Florida. And this is their ZF, ZFG, which stands for Zero Fucks Given. This is their Zero IBU Pale Ale with Citra, Mosaic, and Matuka hops. Um, it says, keep cold, drink fresh. I am keeping it cold, and I'm drinking it fresh. This basically tastes like a Founders All-Day IPA, uh, except in, like, a, you know, a pint-sized can without any of, like, the hoppy bitterness. Like, you get that hop flavor up front, but there really is, like, zero IBUs on it because after you take a sip, like, it all just kind of, like, mellows out off the back end and you're like i i can take another sip of this it doesn't have any of like that hop not burn but like that bitterness that kind of like lingers on the back of your tongue it's it's really interesting uh again i picked this up the other day i had one that night after i got home from work i'm drinking the second one today it's just a nice flavorful crisp beer uh four pack of this was 10.99 for the pint cans how much was it? It's uh, ten ninety nine. That's not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty cheap. Um, and I was just because I was looking to see what ZFG stood for, so I actually went to their brewery website. Um, it literally just zero fucks given. But that also led me just to looking at the rest of the beers that they have on tap right now, and they're all just like cheesy, dumb pop culture references that you have to be some sort of nerd to get. Um, we're some kind of nerd we are uh, and just to go down the list of what they have on tap at the brewery right now they have Brondo which is their sports drink Berliner uh, I've made a huge mistake their lemon meringue pie Berliner Ooh. Uh, banana in the tailpipe which is a coconut banana cream pie Berliner <laughs> Seren- Serenity Now which I had on the show a couple episodes ago which is their chocolate covered cherry Berliner Vice uh, Trogdor's Majesty, which is a Berliner with dragon fruit and lime. The Ultimate Double Dip, uh, a Berliner with cranberry, pear, 
hazelnut, vanilla, and milk sugar. Their Capri Sun, a Berliner with strawberry and kiwi. Log Jammin, a lingonberry pancake Berliner. <laughs> the Mangalorian, a double dry hopped IPA with mango, galaxy, and Azaka hops. Riot Juice, a blackberry, lime, milk sugar, vanilla. And uh, what's the tea, sis? A fruit tea Berliner with black tea, pineapple, and tangerine. All sound delicious. Um, when I had the Serenity now a couple weeks ago, like that was my treat myself for Christmas beer. I absolutely loved it. Um, just how much they were able to get like a big chocolate cherry flavor out of a really light Berliner Weiss. Um, this weird pale ale with no hop bitter on the back end. It's really got me asking questions. I'm about to like pound the pavement. I'm going to break some muck. I'm going to figure out how they did this because it's crazy. Welcome to New England IPA business, bud. It just, it's all the hot flavor. It's like none of the, like, like that juiciness that you get from a New England though. It's, it's bizarre. Hmm. Well, but damn, if it works, I'm looking forward to trying that brewery out. Just half the names are going to make me want to, uh, drink everything there. And I'm glad either Paul or Kate are driving back because we can get loaded. <laughs> We're going to get a lottie toddy. There we go. Paul, uh, you're having a, a little sip of bourbon? Well, I already talked about my beer that I had with dinner. Wait, is Paul back on camera with you? Oh, he doesn't have me on. Wait, you know, no, I'm not a back on camera. If he clicked on camera, we'd both see him. But he said he was going to... I know, I was making a, he said he was making gonna, a joke because he I made it sound it. like he, you saw him. I'm what just sipping on bourbon because, you know, even though I drank earlier, I still want to drink now. Now, now. So I'm still drinking. It's the American way. Yeah. You can do that. Yeah. What, yeah. what bourbon are you having? Uh, this is that uh, bourbon that uh, was gifted to me. And uh, I don't know. It's old <laughs> Fitzgerald. Old Fitzgerald. Uh, nineteen. It's one from like nineteen seventy six or something. The bottle was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just sipping on it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's still up uh, from the Christmas party. Still up on the bar, so you know, every once in a while, I'll take a little, take a little pour. You know, because uh, you don't want it going to waste. You don't want it just uh, sitting around and not not getting drank. No, yeah. that's okay. I have a bottle of uh, Rogue Dead Guy whiskey that I. Picked up again. Uh, actually, I bought it on Christmas Eve, I think, just because I was like, oh, I'm going to be up all day tomorrow. I might as well drink tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't go wrong with that. I, I mean, I always end up uh, getting some nice bottles of booze for Christmas. My mom, my mom gave me a flask for Christmas, and then, mm-hmm. um, and then she pulled out a bottle of uh, single malt scotch. And I was like, "Oh, well, thank you." And she's like, "No, no, this isn't. This isn't for you. You can put some in your flask that I gave you." And I said, <laughs> "I said, well, I don't want to put a single malt scotch in my flask. Uh, thank you. Um, keep yeah. that." Yeah. And she's yeah. like, "No, this isn't a. This isn't scotch." And I was like, "That's a, a scotch." She's no. This is a scotch whiskey. It's different. And I said, "No. It's the same." It's scotch, Mom. You're drinking a, a Scottish whiskey. It's scotch. She's like, no, I don't like scotch whiskey, but I like this. It's like, so I don't care what you like. That's a scotch whiskey, you crazy mm-hmm. bitch. That's my life. And 
That's life with Marlena. That's life with Marlena. Uh, but um, hey, let's look forward to the different things in the new year. Um, we usually talk about uh, movies, TV, uh, comic book characters, events, uh, new uh, new beer resolutions, and uh, where do you guys want to start with that? Or even video uh, games, if there's something that you're looking forward to coming out. I don't have uh, I don't have anything for video games. Well, since we just we just came off of beer, we could talk about our new beer resolutions. Sure. Um, my continuous one that I've had since I moved down here is just uh, sorry. Not to get pulled over Not, by the uh, man. Are I'm you driving pod- safe? I got my seatbelt on. Are you um, podcasting are you while podca- drinking? <laughs> Well, I'm, I mean, I'm podcasting yes. while I'm driving. Drinking, it just happens. I got all these cup holders. Hey, you say um, that, but we've all, we, I think we've almost all done that. Pod, podcast while driving. Maybe, yeah. Um, no, but for me, I always said, like, you know what, I'm going to try to get out. I'm going to try to have more of the breweries around here drink more Florida beer. And I've actually gotten better about that. Um, I'm not saying at the expense of reading comics, but... I'm not as good at reading comic books as I used to be. I'm just not keeping up on stuff anymore. But a couple of weeks ago, I actually went to the brewery that's like 10 minutes away from my house to Lizard Brewing. And I stopped at my my local comic book store on the way, and I picked up two volumes of Invincible because uh, I had never finished out that series. So I bought the last two volumes that I needed. And I went there, and I literally killed a day off just sitting at the bar drinking beer, reading comic books. And it, it was a great day because it was two things I loved. It was the two things that really, you know, drive this podcast that's been a part of our lives for 10 years. And I think that's what I'm going to do now is just when I have a full day off, I'm just going to download some comics onto my iPad. I'm going to go to a brewery. I'm just going to get whatever looks good. I don't know if I'm going to do a flight or just grab a couple pints, but I'm going to sit there, kill the stuff that's on my you know, my stack of shame and uh, call it research for the show because on my days off, I usually tend to just get stuck sitting around my apartment. I might play games or clean or do something, but I would rather spend that time getting out. And I think this is, this is what I need to do to do it. Also uh, look into it. I believe this week is Orlando beer week where a lot of your brewery is going to be doing some, a lot of special stuff. Oh, the, the, um, one of the other breweries I put on the list that I mentioned and it got put on the list, um, Sideward Brewing in downtown Orlando has like a bunch of stuff happening this week. where they have like bands playing in their parking lot and they have a bunch of can and bottle releases. Um, one of the places on my list to go and hang out at, cause I've been there only once before, but they've got some good stuff. Oh, that's a good one. I, that's, I mean, that's a great one to have, you know, cause we used to, Way back when, we used to go to the comic book shop, buy our stuff, and then we'd go to a KFC Taco Bell and sit and read. And then in the car, we'd talk about what we read. Like, half the reason we we started this podcast is because of that goofy shit we used to do. So that's mine. Paul? Just... I kind of want to and uh, look. You know, I, this year was all about figuring out the local stuff. Drink less, but enjoy, you know, more. Did you do that? Um, I, I think so. I, tr- I know I drank less. Uh, 
<laughs> Did I enjoy more? <laughs> I mean, 50% I is still a 50%. I, I really think I'm that personality type where I don't enjoy much. So, you know, like, what's the point? So, maybe, who knows? I, I don't think I enjoy things, guys. I really don't. Um, so, so, I, I want to kind of continue on that vein uh but I kind of want to maybe start mixing in like when I'm just drinking at the house just to drink something uh maybe getting more into those uh, non-alcoholics or those low alcohol vibes you know the stuff that's like the marathon um uh, uh, you know friend of uh, super yeah he's father spear and he's been on the show super friend of the show ed uh he he's into them uh and he's had me try a few of them, and I've enjoyed them this past year. I like you mentioned and, Marathon uh, that I, doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't <laughs> exist anymore? Oh, jeez. Well, you know, that's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, I, I need to get more up to date. I need to uh, figure out what's out there. And just have, like, my... Instead of having a fridge filler that's, like, you know, something that's, you know, mid to higher alcohol, maybe going to a low or no alcohol uh, fridge filler. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of them. Lagunitas has uh, a low ABV pale ale, which is really nice daytime. Um, you have one coming out from mm-hmm. Stone. You have one coming out from, um, um, I want to say Firewalker, and it's not, uh, what are they? They used to do the the Wookie Jack, Firestone. Yeah, that's Firestone Walker, yeah. Firestone. You're right. Um, they're going to have one coming out. You have one already from Dogfish Head. You have a lot of those lower ABV yeah. ones. Um, Athletic Brewing does an NA version of you know some craft things. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't think they were a, great. What is it? Dog Tree or Dog? A doghouse Brew. What's what's the big? It, they're like a big European one. They they have that the. the Brewery hotel. Oh, they, um, they sometimes do a private jet. Thing. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Brewdog. Brewdog has a bunch of uh, um, no alcoholic, no the, alcohol the ones. Best NA thing that I've had is from Lagunitas, and it's uh, it's called hop. I think it's just called hop water. It's hmm. just water infused with hops and brewer's yeast, no alcohol. Absolutely delicious. Uh, I was talking to the rep from in our area from Lagunitas, and he actually sent me um, cocktails to make with it, which I was actually going to send to you, Paul, because they actually sound they sound pretty Ooh. good. And I, I swear the hop water is absolutely delicious. It's so good. It's uh, like five ninety nine for a four pack. Uh, really good. That sounds great. Like, uh, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I want to stock my fridge with. So when I'm doing stuff around the house, you know, like uh, swapping out the kitchen sink or, you know, doing the odds and ends, uh, working the basement, repainting the basement, you know. Thinking, thinking about what movies with, coming out in 2021. Yeah, stuff like that. I don't think about that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, repainting the bathroom, you know. The household maintenance, the everyday kind of maintenance, the stuff that you do, you know, and you want to be drinking something because you you feel like you should be rewarding yourself. But, you know, maybe, maybe I need, you know, just take it down the calorie count a little bit, take it a little bit easier on my liver, 
and uh, maybe going out not an alcoholic on that kind of drinking. You know, that kind of day drinking. I think that's my New Year's resolution. <laughs> New beer's resolution. That's a good one for you, Paul. Uh, and mine is actually going to be... Uh, this is because of Chris, who shared his untapped with all his beers that he checked in, with all the places that he had been and checked into beers. Uh, and I went, oh, I wonder what mine is. And I checked into 34 beers. And I've probably had 300 different beers. And I just wasn't checking into anything all year. And um, there's things that I was like, I had that. I've been to this brew. I've, I, I've been to Froth five times. I've been to Thin Man. I went to Other Half. I drank all these different beers, probably hun- hundreds of different beers, and I didn't check into them. And uh, I feel a little bit of a shame on me. I should have checked into them. I should have done that. It's right there. It's on my phone. I always have it with me. Yeah, you're on your phone anyways. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I need to check into those so I can remember what I've had. For the most part, I do that anyways, but it's always a good thing to look at of, of, of what you've had from a brewery, if you've tried them, if you've done this, if you've done that. And uh, I'm going to try to check into those more. Um, because I do most of my drinking at home. Uh, I usually come home from work with beer every week of something new. A six-pack of beer that I have never had before every week. And I didn't check into hardly any of them. And uh, actually, I'd probably almost zero of them if I only checked into 34 beers and I'm bringing a six-pack of new beers home every week. I didn't even come close. Uh, you did for six weeks. <laughs> that, that's, that's the math. <laughs> 36 beers, six pack a week, six weeks. Yikes. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to check into well, those I mean, more. It, and I've been. That happened with me, though. Like, there was a good year and a half where I didn't check into anything. And that was when we were at the prime of the show. Like, we were recording every week. Like, we were trying a bunch of different stuff. And I just, I just didn't check in. And now. I was talking to someone about Untapped. I was like, oh, you know, it's great for tracking in or tracking everything that I have drank because I check into it. You know, I can see what I'd like that I might have forgotten the name of. And they're like, oh, how many have you had? And I was like, oh, well, I've checked into, I think at this point it's like 1,500 like different beers. And they're like, oh my gosh, really? It's like, well, yeah, but that number could have been higher. I just, mm-hmm. I just got mad about it for like a year and a half. So now I'm like, man, where I, where could I have been? Because that's when we were still recording with Scott in the studio and we were having like six beers a week. I yeah. just sucked. Yeah, I think my, my total check-ins are 2,329 and then 1,747 are individual check-ins. Uh, I know I'm really low because I've always been the worst at checking in because I honestly don't care about my number. And honest, and the thing is, even if I wanted to see if I had it before, you, you put everything at a just, four, just, so you're like, <laughs> yeah, just because must have really liked yeah, it. Just because, yeah, just because I checked into it and gave it a rating, I just you know, unless I try to type myself something, it, it won't matter. It it won't mean anything. Past. Past Paul is even worse than present Paul. Yeah, like, but I, I would imagine Paul, yeah. if you took, I mean, the average of our of Chris and mine, it's pretty much what <laughs> you are somewhere in there. Yeah. 
Yeah, check-ins, uh, 453 beers. Hey, wow. You, know? you should be in the thousands, bud. <laughs> I know. I ever... Hey, guys. Give me a lot of gr- uh, gruff about uh, rating everything a 4 or a 5. My average rating is 3.68. Okay, that's... I think mine was like 3.17. But, I mean, again, like, you just keep trying different beers. A lot of them are just going to be <laughs> middling. Like, it's... Takes a lot for it to be have, something stand out. Three, three point three. badges. So I get a badge. How many badges do you have? Like two hundred and ninety-six. Uh, I have nine hundred and forty. Oh, I have one thousand one hundred and forty. I got, I got nine hundred and forty-two. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, uh, you know. I joined back in 2012. <laughs> yeah, I think I the last, I think I was 2012 as well. Let's check in with September 27th, 2019. But I've already every beer uh, that I've had uh thus far I've checked into. So I've already I'm already on my way to continue checking into all my beers and all the places that I have them. And uh, do we want to? That's an obtainable one. Yeah, do that. Let's uh, let's talk about. And it's trackable. We can just ask you next year. <laughs> hey, how's your on tap? Um, do we want to do TV shows for next year? What we're looking forward to? Sure, it's real quick. Yeah, super quick. Ah, uh, nothing. No, because there's things. I mean, we're in 2020 now. We're about to get the end of uh, season four of The Good, Good Place. Place, which. I mean, I'm I'm dreading that, but I'm also looking forward to it because I slept on that show just because I didn't know what it was when it debuted, and then after that first season, I got into it hard. Um, it's going to be heartbreaking when it ends, but it's going to be one of those shows like Parks and Rec or The Office that I'm going to continuously go back to and rewatch and pick up details from those earlier seasons and episodes that I missed. It's a great show. Uh, I pretty much just watched bits and pieces of all the seasons while my my watch my wife watches them, and uh, I'm either she's finishing an episode or starting an episode, or can I just finish this? And I sit and watch it with her, and then I ask questions, and then she gets mad. Uh, but no, it's a it's everything I've seen of it. It is a fun show that probably when it's over, she wouldn't mind going back and rewatching with me, and I wouldn't mind watching because uh, I love a lot of those actors on it. I'm like, who doesn't love Ted Danson? I love Ted Danson. And oh, this show made me realize that I love Ted Danson. And this is even after seeing him in um, Bored to Death with Jason Schwartzman and uh, what's his name? Uh, Bored to Death is where I felt, I was like, uh, no, I I love Ted Danson. And then you, I feel like if I went back to that now, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I love this show. Yeah. And um, that he the same time that he was doing um, this show that you're talking about, I can't remember what the name is the Good Place. Good Place. He also was on uh, Fargo season two, um, which he played like a sheriff in that, which he was really good. I mean, he was great in that because he played a totally different character. Um, no, I, it's a great uh, it's a great show. I totally understand. This was your pick. I think for best show last year, it was. Um, it's it was on my handwritten list. Where if uh, I had to talk about some of the other stuff we discussed, it would have would have been on there. 
But it, it was on a hiatus. It just came back. So even though I was thinking about it, and it's still one of my favorite shows. Like I was removed from it. So I was like, oh, that that counts some points. Yeah. Uh, my number three. Are we doing three? Yeah, three. All right. My number three is uh, The Mandalorian Season 2, which is supposed to come out uh, in 2020. Uh, I loved Season 1. We talked about it last episode. Uh, and I can't wait for um, the return of these characters. Wow, that would be a good one. Paul? Yeah, uh... Mr. I don't have any TV shows to watch. I really don't. Uh, is Clone Wars coming back? Uh, yeah, Clone Wars. I think it will be back this year. Okay, then yeah, let's uh, let's say Clone Wars. Let's see uh, what a uh, what a what what Ahsoka Tano's doing. Let's see what uh, long-haired Anakin Skywalker is doing. Let's see uh, what else Dave Filoni has up his sleeve other than uh, the Mandalorian, which is probably going to be my my number one. Uh, um, for me, my number two. I'm going to say Stranger Things Season 4. Um, I've had a lot of discussion with people at work recently just about The Mandalorian um, and just how much we love it, how it just keeps us coming back and like, oh my gosh, what's up? What's up? What's next? What's up? What's next? I didn't have that with Stranger Things Season 3 because they dumped it on 4th of July I watched the whole season. I binged it. I loved it. I talked about it like the next week with people at work and as they started it and eventually finished it. I haven't really talked about it with anybody else since we started doing the episode last week where I was like, oh yeah, we talked about Stranger Things. I think parsing everything out week to week was such a good decision that Disney made. Because it keeps you invested in it. It keeps you talking about it. You get hyped for it. Well, it brought back the water cooler kind of yeah. aspect of it. Because I'd go into work and people would be like, did you watch it yet? And I'm like, guys, it just dropped this morning. And they're like, well, did you watch it? And I'm like, no, I was here at I was here at 9 or I was here at 8, uh, 8.30. And they're like, well, we started at noon. And I'm like, yeah, fuck you guys. You're 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 20 years old. John, I'm sorry. I was that person at my job because I would watch it like first thing in the morning as soon as I would wake up. And then I would go to work and talk to everyone. I was like, did you watch it yet? Did you watch it? And then they would watch it on their lunch breaks and then come back and be like, oh my gosh. I would, he kills that dude with the door. He didn't actually kill him. That's okay. Uh, I'd watch, you know, I'd watch five to 30 minutes in the, in the morning. And then I would maybe watch some on my lunch break and then finish it later. But yeah, it just... I'm an old I'm an old man with a kid. I'm almost forty, and I have a child. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get to it r- Friday when it drops. I'm just saying that you know that just proves the Mandalorian's a sentimental type, where he has no qualms killing everybody else, but people that ran with his old crew. You know what? He's just gonna put on prison. Well, I think that's you know not to get too far ahead, but you know for a Star Wars episode. I think that's where you start to see the change in him. Like, he's not that person that he was when he used to run with that kind of crew. Like, he's grown beyond that. Like, he has stuff that he can wants even, to go for now. Can he either bring you in cold or warm? It's your choice. It's your choice. Uh, 
Okay, so who, uh, so my my number two is actually going to be uh, the Outsider, which is uh, an HBO series that is based off of a uh, Stephen King's book that I read this year. Um, I actually watched the trailer for this show, and then went, "Oh, I have credits on Audible. Let's uh, let's check it out." And um, loved the book. Um, it has a character from the Mr. Mercedes series that are that is in this. It's in that same world. And um, absolutely loved uh, the book. And this actually has uh, Ben Mendelsohn playing the, the lead Ooh. detective in this book. It has uh, Jason Bateman in it. Um, and this is a story, to give you a tease, of uh, Jason Bateman's character is like the the man who receives the the key to the city every year. He's a beloved person in this town who is uh, pretty much it is put in jail and it's going to be a runaway. It's not even going to be a runaway jury. He's guilty of this heinous crime of killing and mutilating a child. Um, and he doesn't know why he's there. People who know him don't understand why he's there. And he's actually not the person who committed this crime. There's videotape of him hundreds of miles away on TV talking to a writer because um, he's an English teacher. And he there's no way that he can be in two places at once. And how is this... How is this? Uh, how can this be? People saw him at the abduction of the child. They saw him in town. His DNA, his blood, everything is at the crime scene on the things they have found. But there is videotape showing him a hundred miles away. And how does this? How does this come about? How do they solve this crime? And it is a. Uh, it was probably one of my more favorite books of Stephen King. Probably my second favorite book of Stephen King, to be exact. Um, and again, it touches on I wouldn't say on horror, but it touches on um, those kind of elements in a real world with people actually like not believing that some type of crazy vampire exists, or this monster actually exists, the shape changer that could do this. And it was actually a fantastic book, um, and I can't wait for the series. Oh, yeah. I like, I like Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman, yeah, uh, he's a perfect person for that because he's so likable. And Are you sure this isn't a comedy? It's not. No, it's not a comedy. Oh, okay. Trust, I was... trust me, not a comedy. Are you sure? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then, uh, number one, want... Paul. What are you looking forward to? My, my number one would be uh, the Mandalorian, oh, which we already talked about quite a bit. Yeah, we talked about that a bit. Um, this is going to be great. I'm going to pick something a little bit different though, because this has been on hiatus for a while, but it was just recently announced that it will be. Uh, Coming back in February, and this is Brooklyn Nine Nine. I love this show. As sad as I am that I'm losing out on the Good Place, 
uh, I'm just happy to have another group of all around likable characters that you kind of root for and just see the, just like that great interperson uh, relationship that they all have together. Um, yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I love this show. Uh, it's one of those programs that I keep checking Hulu to see if it's came back already, and it hasn't. Um, but just a couple days ago, or actually, no, this was last month, holy crap, um, announced that it will be back February 6th. So Yeah, I'm so or, glad. Sorry, 13th. What was it, NBC picked them up? Yeah, after um, mm-hmm. Fox ditched it. Uh, no, I... But it was so... Sh- I, wasn't it a shot at NBC Studios or something? Like, well, there was something weird about that. Well, like, uh, something I've learned from, a, like, just a lot of entertainment podcasts is just because you have a show on, like, ABC doesn't mean that you use solely, like, Disney-owned facilities because you'll just shoot or record anywhere that has an opening that has the facilities that you need for it. Um, no, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is one of those ones I started watching. I probably watched the, maybe the first two seasons when it was airing, and then I just kind of fell out of it. And it was something I always wanted to go back to. And then when Grayson was born and I was off of work for three weeks, Caitlin and I watched the entire series and caught up to the new episodes being aired um, in those three weeks that we um, uh we had together and then um it was every week when the new episode came out we watched it so we'd again like chris we started checking hulu and then i looked at her and was like well we were watching new episodes in january so maybe they're not coming out and then we looked it up and was like yeah they're not coming out till i think february something isn't it i don't know oh yeah february uh 6th at 8 p.m. Oh, we can watch uh, it. We can watch it all together, Chris. Oh, we can. Well, you'll be here. I will. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's one of those ones I rank it in there with with um, how I love uh, Parks and Rec. Because mm-hmm. all the characters are good people who may have a selfish moment, but always in the end do the right thing. And, yeah. uh, and that's what I love about Parks and Rec, and that's what I love about this show. And my uh, my number one is actually going to be uh, the Falcon, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, I'm looking forward to this coming from uh, Marvel Studios on Disney Plus. I think uh, the little bit that we've like little teasers that we've seen of the new outfits and their uniforms and everything. I think this is going to be. Uh, really well done. Baron Zemo coming back. Um, USA agent played by Kurt Russell's son, Wyatt Russell. Like, uh, should be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. No, that'll, that's going to be great. I'm just looking for more Marvel universe stuff, honestly, because even WandaVision, I, I want to, yeah. I want to check it out. And uh, spoilers for when we talk about movies, I'm, I'm looking forward to Black Widow and Eternals, but they're, I don't have to see them yet. Like maybe once I, I come out of them, I'll be like, Oh my gosh, like I'm the biggest black widow fan in the world now, guys. But going into it, I'm kind of going in like I did with, you know, something like captain Marvel or Dr. Strange was like, Oh no, I'm excited because it's the next chapter of the Marvel universe. But 
I'm really excited for more Scarlet Witch and Vision and uh, Bucky and Sam because I love those characters, but I didn't get enough of them in the movies just because they're such ensemble pieces when they do appear. And any moment with Falcon and Winter Soldier in something like Civil War or um, Winter Soldier, you just want to see more of those two characters stuck in the back of a Volkswagen, <laughs> Volkswagen. together. You know, like yeah. there, there's there's something there, and and sign me up for it. Uh, yeah, like Black Widow, I I think I definitely want to see in the theater, and then Eternals, I don't have any connection to them. I don't yeah. I don't care. But the thing that goes, hey, you should probably see it in the theater. You'll kick yourself if you don't, is Guardians of the Galaxy. Because I had no connection to those characters. The only reason I'd be interested in seeing it is Chris Pratt from Parks and Rec is playing Star-Lord, who I don't know who the hell Star-Lord is, (laughs) but I know who Chris Pratt is. So Eternals is the same thing, like, I'm going in there fresh. I'm going in there just to be able to enjoy this, and maybe I'll really like it. Maybe I won't. I don't think there's many Marvel movies that I think are... I don't think there's any movies that I think are trash, and there's movies that I've come around to, but this is definitely one that I don't care about the casting, I don't care about the characters, but I might really love it. Sign me up, I'm... Yeah. I'm looking forward to him, though. Do you want to do you want to head into the movies then? Yeah, I don't think there's any games or anything that. No, there's nothing that game wise. I the only. Yeah, I just want to play through Fallen Order. <laughs> yeah, I, I still want to play that, but I, I don't know if I can play that on PC. Much kind of like I was talking about before with Borderlands. Like, I need to, you know, be sitting on my couch with the controller for that to feel yeah. normal. I think. I think the only thing that I'm looking forward to game-wise would be more information or teaser things of uh, Diablo 4. Oh, yeah, that's definitely... I, I wish we knew when that Oh, you know what was my best video game <laughs> of 2019? Yeah, whatever you said it was. Was it VR? <laughs> whatever you said it was. No, no you can't VR go back. Experience. We're in 2020. You can't go back. Oh. <laughs> we can't go back anymore. Oh, 2020. My what I'm looking forward to is, cel- is doing the VR experience with you guys. Ooh, that, that that works. We're gonna we're, we're gonna go down to uh, Disney Springs together, right? And we're gonna don the VR headset and we're gonna go into the void and we're gonna take on a very special mission from Cassian Cassian Ender and uh, we're gonna raid uh, the Vader's castle on uh, Mustafar. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, very excited to do that with you guys. Me too. I've been wanting to do that since they launched it here. Yeah, it's worth it. It's a lot of fun. Number one video game experience of 2018 and probably be my 2020. And Paul, your uh, your your movie that you're looking forward to, number three. Hmm. Um, movies are done. No, we have. That's right. Remember, Sean? There's no more movies. Oh, there's no Paul more. Paul saw all we... three movies that came out last year, so he's good. Oh. Is Jungle Cruise coming out? It is. Yes, 2020. Jungle Cruise. Which, which is on my list. Okay. Um, I'll put that at my number three just to talk about it. I always try to pick movies that I know we're not going to talk about endlessly for the show for this because they just need their time to shine as well. Um, I'm really hopeful about Jungle Cruise. It looks to have what the original Pirates of the Caribbean movies had before they got too long in the tooth. 
I just want it to work. Um, Jungle Cruise is one of my favorite Disney attractions. It's just cheesy and fun. And if they're able to pay homage to that, which you see some Easter eggs in the trailer, um, but still have it be some big sprawling adventure. Yeah, Emily Blunt and The Rock, like, I, I hope they don't go wrong with this. No, and I, I don't think there's many movies The Rock's in that I don't enjoy. I'm not going to say love. Um, San Andreas, not a good movie, but I love The Rock in it. It was fun. And this one, he looks like a, a super ripped Popeye. Just, you know, just minus the uh, squinty eye in the pipe. Um, no, the trailer looks fun. It looks like a cross between the the original, uh, the 90s mummy and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And uh, That's what I was going to say. Uh, yeah. You can't go wrong with this. The Emily Blunt and the rock dynamic looks very much like the dynamic between the... The main actress and uh, Brendan, main actress and uh, Brendan Fraser from the the Mummy movies. So, yeah, no, I think it'll be fun. And I always fall in love with the skippers uh, whenever I ride the jungle. You Street, do. So. That's true. So look forward to me falling in love with the Rock in twenty twenty. Hey, and guys, my number three also takes place on a boat or a ship. Oh. I, I don't know the difference between the two, uh, but I am looking. I think a ship's bigger. I don't know. Yeah. I think a boat would just be like, uh, you know, one person I think, rowing. I think a boat a boat fits into... Yeah, they're idiots. It's a dinghy. It's a dinghy. Mm. You know how you can tell that's a male plane? Why, little how? balls. It's from Three Amigos. Uh, <laughs> but my movie is um, Kenneth Branagh's Death on the Nile. Uh, taking Hercule Poirot and Agatha Christie's uh, one of Agatha Christie's famous novels and bring it to life. Um, I enjoyed Kenneth Branagh's uh, Murder on the Orient Express. This was set up at the end of it. All-star cast, Gail Godot, Army Hammer. Um, well, I mean, you can't say all-star cast and then say Army Hammer. <laughs> no. Well, then I'm... He's, hey, he's just the hey, guy that they Russell, put in stuff. Russell Brand, um, and, and Anna Lansbury reprising her role, role as Jessica. Paul, Fletcher. you know she, <laughs> you know she died, right? No, I didn't know she died. I don't think she did. She's not dead. When did she die? She I, say, I think he's just saying that. <laughs> uh, but again, she was just in uh, Mary Poppins last year. No, I this know. year, no, I, know. I don't remember when it came out. It was 2019. No, she's alive. Um, She's outlived two spouses. She murdered him. Oh, that's a murder mystery. <laughs> uh, I, like I said before, I love uh, detective stories. Hercule Perot, one of my favorite. I used to watch um, Sunday nights on PBS, the murder mystery things. You'd see Hercule Perot, uh, weekly basis on those. Um, I enjoy Kenneth Branagh's performance. I didn't... My It wasn't my favorite movie... Uh, Murder on the Orient Express, but I did enjoy elements of that movie, and uh, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, another one of my favorite Agatha Christie, Hercule Perrault novels, uh, but my favorite Agatha Christie novel will always be uh, Ten Little Indians. 
That's the one that I read. I love that book. It's a great one. Uh, but that's my number three. Chris, your number two. Uh, my number two is also based off of a novel. This one I have not ever read, but I saw the movie based off of it. Uh, that's really long and kind of meandering for a bit. But, but you know what? A remake of it probably be better. Because um, this one's not being done by David Lynch. Uh, but this is going to be the updated version of Dune. Oh. I don't know. I I like Dune, but it just... It kind of lingers a little bit too much. But I like what it is. Um, I'm hoping this one just kind of sticks to its guns and is able to push through. Um, it doesn't have sting in it. You know, that's kind of sad. But I don't know. It's got a, it's got an all star cast that doesn't have Army Hammer in it, but it's got uh, like Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Dave Bautista, a couple other people. Yeah, no, this should be I, good. I, 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 I'm I, hoping it's good. Um, I've never read any of the Dune novels. I've I like that there's like this big history for them though. Like they do have their own canon that seems crazy from an outside perspective. But if you know you're a spice hat? I don't even know what they call themselves. Uh, but if you're a fan of Dune, you're probably into it. And like, you're probably like, oh man, this is the best thing ever. Well, it, I mean, at the time when the, when David Lynch's Dune came out, it was, I mean, they thought it was going to rival Star Wars. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you hire our, you have a crazy source material that should never be a single movie and hire an artistic director to do it, you're not going to get gold. I think that original Dune movie for what that series is supposed to be is a great, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say cliff notes of the the books, but is as, as close as at that time period in the early eighties, late seventies that you can get to making that movie. Um, and I know like there was that sci-fi, um, series that people raved about and thought it was really good. I didn't have sci-fi at the time that that came out and never, well, never really went good. around. I didn't see, I never watched that one either. Uh, but this is definitely, I would definitely be interested in watching this as much as I know about Dune, which pretty much comes from the David Lynch movie. Yeah. Spice must flow. Your eyes glow. Waking the sleeper. The sleeper <laughs> yeah, like uh, I remember watching it with you guys at a midnight really midnight showing, and I'm like, was a, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Sand, sandworms, shy halud. Because this is boring. I think I fell asleep during that one. Well, I mean, at least you've seen it before, and also I think we all paid like five dollars to see it. So, oh yeah, on paper it was great to go see it because we had already gone and seen like the Road Warrior and stuff. Oh yeah, the, the, the midnight saw- shows. Did they, didn't they have, like, Mad Max, and then they did, like, Beyond Thunderdome, like, the next week or something? Something like that, yeah. I want to say, because like, they were just doing, like, awesome, like, cult classics. Yeah, stuff. during the summer, they were doing all those ones. I don't know why they didn't just keep doing that all year round. Um, yeah. But. Who knows? I mean, those prints probably not too expensive, but, I mean, it's a small theater in a suburb of Buffalo. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number two is going to be Halloween Kills. Um, and this is the continuing saga of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. Last year, 
um, the Halloween movie, the sequel to the John Carpenter original, uh, came out, and I thought it was excellent. I think it was my favorite movie of last year. Um, I've loved it. I've gone back and watched it a couple times. It's extremely well done movie for a franchise that killed itself by getting too crazy and having a weird cult and blah, 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 blah. Um, but I'm really interested to see where it goes. It's the same director and writers from Halloween and they're actually making a trilogy with this one this year and next year. Um, I think it's called Halloween Ends. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes with Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Dre- uh, Judy Greer continue, um, coming back. Um, I think it should be... I'm looking forward to it. I think it should be really good. The tone and what they created with the uh, Halloween from last year, I just think they um, they nailed it. And if they can come close to that with this one... Uh, I can't wait. I never saw the the last one. It looks good, though. It's really Chris. You, get, uh, you need to watch it. I'll get to it. I you should do it, Paul. I'll get to it, Paul. You got anything? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I've been on uh, boxofficemojo. <laughs> Dot com and I'm just looking at the upcoming releases and who knows if these are true or not. But I'm going to go with uh, the Anne Hathaway helmed uh, the witches based on the Ron Dahl's uh, oh, yeah, her three classic book I series. Think I, and also, I think I read one of those, but I don't remember because I would have been young. And also the horrible movie that you know scared me as a little kid. The original movie that uh, might have been made for TV. I don't really remember. I was a kid. Uh, that turned kids into little mice when they ate some chocolate. I don't know if I ever saw that. Uh, yeah, it was a great. I I I know, I know of the witches series. Yes. So that's going to be uh, my number three. And it's your number uh, two. Whatever I said is my uh, whatever I said is my number three. Is now uh, my number okay. two. All right, Paul. You got a number one. Well, you're on the. Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman, 1984, because that's that's the only movie that I actually knew was coming out in 2020. Jungle Cruise is my number two. Wonder Woman, 1984 is my number one. You know what? Uh, Jungle Cruise is my number one. Wonder Woman is my number two. That's okay. You keep, you keep moving things around. I mean, yeah, they're all movies. Because she's the lasso on the lightning. Drops this a little bit for me. Uh, yeah, this is a little weird. So, yeah. Just, but uh, if you want her to fly, just let her fly. Jeez, honestly, why are we? This isn't on my list. I am looking forward to it. Um, Shazam was one of the movies that I actually wrote down for last year, though, because I, like I enjoyed that. Oh, I loved it. I dug that. Oh, in, I, I dug that enough to think about talking about it for this podcast, and now I'm finally getting to fill that dream. It was it was a fun movie. Like that and Wonder Woman are what I want them. DC universe to be. Um, I just hate that. I still haven't seen Justice League because mm. leading up to it, I didn't care enough about Superman or uh, sorry, Man of Steel or Batman v Superman to push me into that. Chris, you're living in a better world than I am because I saw it. 
Well, I'll get around. I'll get to it eventually when we have to. When no, we have to. to no, when we have to. For well, the show. Yeah. Well. Wait, was Aquaman 2018 as well? Uh, that was. That might have been like that, no, that was. It was 18. Um. Yeah. No. This looks good. I. I like. Uh. Pedro. Uh. Pedro Pascual too is Maxwell Lord, and uh, I hope like they're keeping stuff like they did with. Wait, the Mandalorian. Yeah, the Mandalorian playing Maxwell Lord. Wow. Uh, and I oh, hope really? they're they're playing things off like they did with Shazam because like when I went and saw Shazam, I was not expecting the twist of who the villain was. You know, I wasn't expecting that. And I don't want to say it here because I don't want to ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it or knows. Uh, but I was like, man, how do they keep this secret? What you know, like it's crazy that they did that. And um, no, I thought Shazam was good, and I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping the same for uh, Wonder Woman. Chris, uh, your number. Uh, my number one gonna be a movie we talked about a little bit here on the show. Uh, we'll see if it's any good or not, but. This is going to be Bill and Ted Face the Music, uh, the yeah. long-awaited next part of the Bill and Ted quadrology. I don't know what, I don't know what to call it. Um, Trilogy. They didn't have three, right? Well, I mean, they had the, they had the TV show, well, the cartoon, but... I don't think the cartoon yeah, counts. I mean, it was continuing. I don't know. Um, I don't know. They I just, did voice... They did. Keanu Reeves and uh, Alex Winter did voice the characters. It, I'm just excited that you know they're they're going ahead with this. I'm just hoping it's it, a long love fr- franchise's saga finally. <laughs> it's it's the it chapter two <laughs> of 2020. It's you don't see Keanu Reeves doing too much funny stuff anymore. I mean, I. Guess he had like a cameo in like the last SpongeBob movie, but oh, that was a great movie. I... Always be my maybe. I saw that. <laughs> Too late, Paul. Um, I don't know, but you know what? I love I love me some Bill and Ted. Ever since I got the first movie, I think it was from Pizza Hut. So Pizza Hut or like Burger King? It was, it was something like you bought like I'm pretty sure it was like a pizza in a movie thing where you bought like a pizza from Pizza Hut and like. You got your choice of like a free DVD with it, and I got like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I thought you guys were going to talk about the animated series. Remember when it was KB Toys, right? Where if you went in on a certain day, they gave you a VHS VHS tape, which was basically just the promos of what was coming to Fox Kids. Oh, I never had like that. Saturday morning cartoons. I, I did and have uh, the Bill and Ted's excellent like cereal though that came with the bowl like mm-hmm. saran wrap to the front of it that was in the shape of the phone booth. Yeah, oh, that's cool. I we I got for Easter. I think my parents just I I don't know if if it was um, Pizza Hut or like Burger King or one of those like you could go and if you got like a Happy Meal or you paid extra, you got a VHS of the Ninja Turtles. Because the, oh yeah, I I had all the that was Burger King. I had yeah. all those for years. But you couldn't like at that time like unless you VHS recorded it. And what kid is doing that? You couldn't just watch those cartoons anytime you wanted. And this was like that first that first way in 1980 uh, where you you could just like oh yeah I got my cartoons right here. I got the uh, the blue case. I, I got the purple case. I got the green case. 
And then there was a yellow case as well. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to remember which episodes they were. Cause I know one was called April fool's day where there was like this foreign princess that looked just like April that had gotten lost in the city. And April got kidnapped because someone thought that she was the princess. Oh, I'm blanking out. But I remember there was like, cause I had all of them. Uh, they had like the bad promos for the Burger King kids club beforehand with uh, notable characters like WizKid. Yeah. Uh, Lingo. Specs. The kid in the wheelchair. Uh, that was Wheels with a Z. Um, I'm not looking this up online, guys, just so you know. This is just in the deep reaches of my memory. Um, sure, with WizKid and not... Oh, it's VidKid. VidKid. WizKids is the... They made uh, HeroClix. Snaps. She was the girl with the camera. Lingo was like a Hispanic kid with like a sweater vest. Wheels. And he gets to speak two different languages. Um, yeah. Lingo. Hey. A dog that had the visor on too. You got you got it down, bud. <laughs> There's more of them. I remember. I, I'm blanking out of their names now. Uh, yeah. Man, Brookings Kids Club is great. I need to bring that back. Right? Uh... <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to in 2020. The dark, uh, the dark reboot. It's the gonna w- be gritty as fuck. Big uh, <laughs> kid, I've seen all the videos. Uh, I've seen the end of movies, <laughs> and it was now. And uh, my number one is uh, the new Christopher Nolan movie called Tenant, which uh, has uh, a mercenary cop something being pulled into an organization to help save uh, the start of world to stop the start of world war three. And it has time travel, but they're unconnected or connected with the time travel where they're, they can witness things being rewound and reset. And I don't know what the trailer's doing, but it's Christopher Nolan and the end of it, I'll probably go, wow, that was an amazing movie. Um, so the new, the new Christopher Nolan movie, cause that guy makes really good films. I still haven't seen Interstellar. Oh, wow. You, I think you would really like it, Paul. I think I would like it too, but I don't like things. So it doesn't but, uh, Anne Hathaway's in it. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> uh, best known for her role in the upcoming witches. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's. She's one of the witches. Oh, and she's directing it, from what I heard. Oh, wow. Good for her. Paul, you said the Anne Hathaway helmed movie Witches, so that made... Yes. Oh. Oh. I didn't get that. Anyways, is there anything anything else we need to talk about for the the coming year? Oh, uh, comics. Oh. I don't know. Like, yeah, they'll be released. No, they'll be released on Wednesday. That's the thing. Like, I've been so bad about reading comics that I'm not invested in anything right more. So, um, I, the thing that I'm looking forward to in comics is DC bringing back those legacy characters. Um, from what I've heard, that's what they're doing this year, and they're going to be. I heard Anne Hathaway is actually bringing them back. Oh wow! Well, yeah. I mean, she was. <laughs> actually, I heard Anne Hathaway is doing the gritty reboot of uh, the Burger King Kids Club. Oh, mm-hmm. 
That's going to be she wild. Snaps. And she snaps. Oh my gosh, she's going to be walking around with that big 90s camera. Let's see, see what she, because that's what makes it gritty. She oh, maybe snaps, she snaps, finally snaps. She goes, she goes psychotic. She snaps. I was going to say, maybe she takes pictures of stuff, but then like when she takes the picture, like she sees how people die. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the name of their dog was JD. I just looked it up. Oh, Boomer, I think oh. was the sports kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Robert Zemeckis is directing Anne Hathaway in The Witch. Yes. Mm. Well, it's Zemeckis, so it'll be the really good. Or, or no, it's probably going to be the really second bad. option. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so hopefully, if they can bring back some of those legacy characters, those things that. The things that we used to love about comic books that have fallen away with them. I don't know if they're trying to be mainstream or they're trying to keep people reading. Whatever they're doing hasn't been working for me for the last couple years, but maybe bringing some of these legacy characters back will get me back in. And I have to say, like, um, I'm kind of looking forward to the new um, Adam Strange book written by Tom King, art by Mitch uh, Mitch Gerald's, um, who did... Um, oh, they did Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle? Like, Miracle Man. Uh, Miracle Man. No, Mr. Miracle. Was it Mr. Miracle? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't remember so which is I'm definitely one. super looking forward to that. I just, I'm looking forward to maybe picking up a collected edition of the comic books that were released to Walmart. You, and read you just go to Walmart and find them. Yeah, I'm not going to go to Walmart. Uh, I'm looking forward just to reinvigorating myself, getting back into comics more as the you know medium that I love. I, I just need to do it. Just like you need to rate and review us over on Apple. I uh, not iTunes. Hey, wherever Apple podcasts, wherever your yeah, podcast wherever you choice, listen to us, Spotify. Just, uh, give us a thumbs up if you can. If you're one of the people in Jordan that listens to the Bagging Broadcast, let us know. Send us an email at baggingbroadcast at gmail dot com. Let us know how you found us and why you listen to us in Jordan. Yeah. That's weird. A- any of those uh, the Philippines, any of those countries, because Spotify told us you do. Super crazy. Wild. Man.